This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves the FA Cup. Chelsea strikers, not so much. Uh, John Bunyan's 1684 hymn, To Be a Pilgrim, begins, He who would valiant be, gainst all disaster, let him in constancy be, follow the master. Now, that could have been written for Chelsea's troubles in beating the Pilgrims of Plymouth Argyle oh, clever. Uh, in the <laughs> FA Cup fourth round on Saturday. Sadly, Chelsea were not valiant and invited disaster as they failed to put goal-scoring chances away again. And it could have come back to uh, bite them on the derriere when Saar gave a penalty away in extra time with only about a minute to go. Uh, anyway, maybe Chelsea's sloppy and wasteful performance had something to do with the absence of their master, Thomas Tuchel, absent due to getting COVID. We could certainly have done with him barking at the players from the dugout. Thankfully, disaster was averted, and all that really matters is that Chelsea are into the next round where they will face Luton away. There's some memories in that one. Uh, in the meantime, the mood amongst Chelsea supporters regarding their misfiring strikers, Lukaku and Werner in particular, gets darker by the hour. As John Bunyan wrote, I'll fear not what men say, I'll labour night and day to be a pilgrim. Uh, Lukaku and Werner should take note. To beat the Plymouth Argyle pilgrims takes effort, work rate and desire, something they visibly lacked. And of course, the title of tonight's show is To Beat a Pilgrim. Oh. Uh, Chelsea fancast number 873. I thank you. Jonathan oh. Kidd, lovely to see you. You're on fire. I mean, to be to be using the metaphor of a, of a, a John Bunyan hymn from that period. I mean, my goodness me. And then to fold it all in with beat and be and oh, wow, I, I am 
You're I moist, am. aren't you, J.K.? Uh, with joy and, and appreciation. <laughs> Quite fa- fantastic, Chid. Brilliant. Well, there you go. Praise from the master himself. Uh, who have we got on the show? To- Actually, we've got the A-team in tonight, and I'm so happy to see these two people. Two people I have missed hugely since my uh, self-imposed exile. But who have we got, J.K.? Do I need to say anything now after you've said that? I mean, you know, they're obviously two stars, and uh, uh, one of whom we 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 have not seen for for an age. Of course, who is the housewife's choice? The brilliant, the uh, the the beautiful, uh, beautiful. Um, uh, I was thinking of another word. I can't use that one. The terrific. Uh, <laughs> 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 The terrific, the the fun, the amusing, the excellent uh, Clayton Beerman. Hello. Good to be back, as a certain glittered up person once said. Indeed it is, mate. We won't talk about him. Yeah, no, it's fabulous to be back. Uh, and, uh, back yes. being an operative word, back. Back, yes. Well, yeah, that, see, that was my fanzine article. That was that, That's what it was called. That's what it's called. Yeah, I've, I've only read mine so far, so I haven't got to yours Obviously, yet. obviously. Tim yeah. and I discussed that at the school on Saturday. Indeed, we were Your legend. There, Your legend. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help it because he was so rude to me in the Supporters Trust meeting last week. I tweeted him to say, I've got the copy. I've read mine. It's blood. Bloody good. I might get to yours later or something like that. And he did Which chuckle. Fair he did chuckle, to be fair. fair he did chuckle. I mean, it's really lovely to see you. And it's lovely to see you looking so well. And it's lovely to see you back where you belong, mate. That's all I have to say on that matter. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm deeply humbled and honoured. And, uh, and, and in such amazing company, as well, you're about to reveal. Well, indeed. I thought I'd get you, two, I thought I'd get you two together as a special treat. Uh, yes, we've also got on the show my good buddy, the absolutely wonderful and legendary Mr. Gate 17 himself, Mr. Marco Waro. It's good to see and you, youth. And you, boy. Yeah, it's good to see only, you. Only man. see you on only seen on screen these days. I know. And do you know what the cruel irony is? I actually bought a ticket for Saturday. So I was going to come out of the self-imposed exile. So basically, for those that don't know, I'm going to bore you with this. But uh Omicron has been rampaging through London since uh since Jan hang on, December. And uh, my wife happens to be in a very vulnerable category. So whilst I don't give a shit and I'm perfectly happy to take the risk, she pointed out the fact that if I brought it home to her and gave it to her, she might die. So I kind of thought, oh, OK, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be going and sitting with 42,000 people. So there you go. But anyway, I decided that come February, all bets were off and I had a ticket for Saturday. But guess what? My old man, bless his heart, has been in hospital for three weeks in, in intensive care for two of those three weeks with COVID, nearly dying. So uh, that's all been a bit grim. And of course, he came out of hospital on Saturday. So I had to be on standby to help my dear old aged mother get him home, which is what I did. So I, I couldn't go, which is a great shame because it would have been lovely to see you, mate, mate apart from uh, the football. Can I, just, can I just say that it, it's fabulous that your dad's at hospital and um, however boring a chore that was on Saturday to bring him home with your mum, it was probably more exciting than anything that we witnessed uh, for two hours on it, Saturday. It was less frustrating. Let's put it that way. It was less everything. It I was less say. everything. But there you go. So there we go. Look, we've got a stellar lineup tonight. Um, Clayton and Marco in the house. What more could you lucky people want? Uh, now, what we got on? Well, in part one, we're going to look at the awful form of Lukaku and Chelsea strikers 
uh, and try and make some sense of it. Good luck with that. Uh, in part two, we give thanks to the defenders for doing the strikers' job and to Kepper for saving the day. Uh, we also weigh up the impact on injuries to Mount, who I, I gather is actually already back in training, which is very good news. Uh, but mainly kind of, you know, the, the, the stupid idiocy of playing like they did, which meant they had to play for 120 minutes, you know, and then fly straight off to Abu Dhabi, for the uh, Club World Cup semi-final. Well, there you go, such is life. Uh, in part three, we've got the results of this week's fannies. Well, we don't have the results because, of course, being an arse and busy today, I forgot to put the fannies on Twitter. So, actually, we get to decide. It's a Chelsea fancast in-house stitch-up. So, there you go. Uh, so, the fannies will be uh, in part three. And we've got, oh, my God, we've got loads of great emails to read out. I mean, we've got a Donal special, I shall, I shall warn you now. Uh, so, JK will be, uh, you know warming up for that one it's going to take me a couple of hours that one is it long uh no no all right well it'll be i act it properly it'll take a couple of hours okay well i'm looking forward to that because donald's emails are legendary uh and in part four this will make you laugh right i thought you know what i'm gonna uh i'm gonna get ahead of the curve didn't go to the game so i had a bit more time you know i'll do i'll do the script and the notes and everything do it nice and early started doing them on went went down the rabbit hole on saturday night and uh i researched the shit out of this funny team that was also a tv station called al jazeera because everything i read told me that al jazeera were going to stuff al hilal which sounds like a butcher's in edgware road what happens <laughs> What happens? Al Hilal stuff Al Jazeera 6-1. So Chich has to go back to the notes, completely start his research from scratch and do it all over again because we're playing Al Hilal. But you know a lot about Al Jazeera now. I do. Stuff that I'll I'll never get that time back, JK. No, but it's good that you might be able then to slip in the odd note, you know, in future. I might. But anyway, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing in part four. We're going to be looking ahead to the semi-final of the Club World Cup. Uh, where Chelsea will be playing the mighty Al-Hilal from Saudi Arabia. So there you go, packed show as always. And of course, don't forget, you can listen to the show. What When, when JK, is it live? Is it live? Oh, that word. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Live. That's right. At 7pm or thereabouts on a Monday evening with lots of lovely, lovely, lovely people who tend to join us to have a bit of a giggle and a bit of a listen and a bit of a catch up with their mates in there. It's absolutely fantastic. All of our Discord uh, people get into the uh, into the uh, Mixler room on a, on a Monday evening and a Friday evening. And of course, if you want to be on our Discord group, you have to join our Patreon, which I will tell you all about towards the end of the show. And if you want to go and join them in Mixler, it's mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. Right, we will be talking about Chelsea versus Plymouth Argyle, also known as the Pilgrims, after this short interlude. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. It's time to talk about Chelsea versus Plymouth Argyle. And uh, goodness gracious me, JK, I couldn't have got the team selection more wrong on Friday. What did I know? I mean, basically, the same team as the other week. Christian's in, in, in for silver, which we knew would happen. 
from the Spurs no, we didn't, game. We didn't, we didn't prophesy that one. No, I, I think we said, I didn't think I did say Christian. Oh, no, I didn't, did I? But you said Chalabar. I did, didn't I? So we, I got it completely wrong. But yes, I, I agree with you, though, for defensively. But I think I got the forward line a bit more more correct. Neither of us got Mount in. We both somehow thought that Mount would be given the, yeah. the weekend off. We thought he'd play a much weaker side. I know. I mean, initially, we thought he was going to play some of the youth. But we discovered, didn't we, that he'd played, they'd played it the, the, the night before uh, for the development uh, lot. So that wasn't going to happen. Um, but no, he, he obviously took it seriously. But it was... Well, um, what, why do you think he played with a really strong team? Because that's basically our, the, the strongest team he could have put out, arguably. He's taking the, the competition seriously. You think and that, it, was, also, it was just that? No, I also felt they'd had two weeks off. And we've got the bizarre situation of they, they've been playing too often, hadn't they? And they were all knackered. So they have two weeks off. Do so they play like a lot of, lot of dozy somnambulists? So, you know, the whole thing was... Uh, was uh, I just thought of that just then, actually. I like I that. Dozy somnambulists. I good. hadn't prepared it. But it was. it. They, they were so off the pace. It was just alarming, wasn't it? And I, you've got to take your your hat off to Plymouth they had a plan yeah he had a plan he played two up a lot the bloke and they uh they 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 didn't they didn't get knackered which we thought they would do as most teams do but even we knew they were going to play three five two so I mean yeah, that's sure, true. You that's know. true that's true yeah I mean the interesting thing is the big the big news of the day Clayton was the fact that uh our, our group and leader the wonderful fantastic Thomas Tuchel uh went down with Covid just before so he wasn't able to be there. So Arnos, Arnos Mikels, I was kind of hoping he might be like Rhinus Mikels, but I don't think he is. But anyway, Arnos Mikels was the gaffer in charge. Apparently Tuchel was in touch with him in an earpiece the whole game. I think we really missed Tuchel's absence on the touchline because they needed a kick up the arse and there was nobody there to give it to them, mate. I agree. I agree. And a certain winger who frequents a part of the pitch in the first half, very close to where Mr. Tuchel stands was probably very pleased that he wasn't there and you just have to it's a bit of a chicken and egg was was Callum so awful because Tommy T wasn't on his case giving him hell uh or was he awful because he was just awful um it I it's interesting isn't it because because there wasn't anything apart from our wonderful skipper sort of geeing everybody up it was it was a it, it was like through treacle. And what was that phrase, JK? It was a somnam. What? What? Dozy somnambulists. Yes, that, and that's exactly what it was. That was that was a perfect description. It was really funny, wasn't it? Because when the game started, and and I, I I wasn't too bothered about letting in that goal. It was just one of those things. But you just thought, where's this going? <laughs> What's happening? It was like it was sort of like through a fug. It's a very, very strange atmosphere uh, on the pitch, not sort of in the stands, because the atmosphere, I thought, thought was really good. No, I thought it got, it, I thought everybody took a great deep breath of slight, what on earth is happening here? Because we yeah. were going to get the goal back. The goal was just statues. And I thought, I'm afraid I, I got a big sense of, deep sense of foreboding about the rest of the game after that. I thought, well, this looks like, you know, Chelsea circa 20 years ago. I thought this is going to, you know, well, 76 performance. You know, we're not going to be able to get this back. Sorry to interrupt, Marco. I was, I couldn't help oh, no. there. But I had a big sense of, I actually got a, a feeling in the pit of my stomach after the goal because I thought we're not competing at all here. And I felt it, it was communicated to the crowd because I thought everybody went, they, for some strange reason, Carefree was sung about eight times in a row. 
I kept thinking, what's happened to all the other songs? Because people were almost, I think everybody was sharing this moment of awfulness of just thinking, this team, what is going on well, here? I mean, that's a good, that's a good point. And I mean, it, it seems a tad hypocritical being that I wasn't there. Although, you know, let's be honest, I did, I did have every intention of being there. But I mean, Marco, this is something that you and I like to tune into quite a lot. But, you know, you get a very, I mean, I think it's quite sad, isn't it? Because when we were kids, you know, and maybe different times we haven't won anything, but cup matches were actually matches to really go to because there was always that mental hope that Chelsea might actually, you know, get get there and, and do something. But, um, and invariably didn't, of course, but it was a match you would always want to go to. Whereas these days, you know, the, 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 the old, you know, a lot of us long them off, you know, so you get a very different crowd in on a on a on a cup match not necessarily a bad thing because it you know so many so well not necessarily and this is why because you know it's an opportunity for people to bring their kids maybe to a first game and that should be applauded but it i think the atmosphere suffers as a result mate do you i, I don't know um I, I for the for quite a long time um cup games have been um or fa cup games have been more about at home have been more about an opportunity for the um, the away team to really, you know, have their day out uh, as the song goes, and then hopefully f off home <laughs> when, when, when we've hammered them, um, which sometimes happens. Uh, but I, I've I've kind of got used to it now. I, I, um, I don't know. It, it's just like. I actually thought we'd play a strong team. And I also thought that it would just be what it has been for quite a while now, which is, you know, it's just an unstructured assortment of players who who don't really play as a team. And the fact that, you know, we had to rely on two, two players who essentially lost their places in the first team who, who are full backs um, to score Chelsea's goals kind of sums up, you know, the, I mean, it's hard to say the depth of the problem. I mean, look, you know, with the champions of Europe, we're playing in the World Club Championship. We're, we're going to play in the League Cup final. Um, with, we, we won in the end anyway. So it sound, sounds a bit ridiculous to to sort of say, God, we've got all these problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but nevertheless, you know, you you do wonder, as 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 has just been said, what is going on sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I I I think you're absolutely right, Marco, and and I can always rely on you. Actually, do you know what? Most of the fan cast mob, I can always rely on to you know, bring some measured perspective and not not spit their dummy out and stuff. Um, even you, JK, actually, to be fair. Very much. But, 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 I was going to say, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I was particularly pissed off after this match and I'm I'm usually pretty tolerant. But what pissed me off is maybe, again, it's an age thing. I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, Particularly in a match like this, where you know Plymouth are no mugs, they might be in the third division, but they're as a, as a lot of these type teams are. They're they're coached well and they're well organised. But add to that, this is their cup final. This could be the greatest day in their career. So they are going to be bang up for it and a hundred percent committed. And I think you know there's a there's a kind of a, a law of football that that is it doesn't matter how bloody good you are, 
talented wise you can be worth 100 million quid or more being paid you know that kind of you know you know 10 million a year or whatever but you can't just turn up and expect to beat teams you've got to earn the right to play you've got to match your opponent everywhere on the pitch and you've got to do it with a good attitude to determination desire and physicality because if you don't you can get caught out by some of these teams and i think i think jk that's what plymouth proved to to, to a degree because they had it in spades double blocks all over the place clearing headers uh, with uh, clearing corners with headers every time they were they put it all on the line and we weren't prepared to well uh, as you say it is their cup final and they are going to play out of their skins but um um all right we are a bunch of individuals but as you said marco we did win the champions league by playing as a team and um and, and I, I think we're allowed to be critical of them, um, despite them winning, just because we know what they're capable of. And that wasn't um, the kind of performance that we associate with the not, not just the team who's won the Champions League, but the team that um, is supposedly is third in the Premier League. But I think it, it, it's, a, it's a very misfiring team for a variety. Oh, good, way of, good way of putting it, mate. Which, yeah, which I don't, um, I, I, I don't quite understand. Um, uh, given the talent, and yet we're still eking out results, lots of them draws, but we're not losing very often. And so, um, and it is the team that won the Champions League, as I keep going on about, and he managed to make them work. So, I mean, my my delight would be what would happen if he then had a team that he had purchased or he wants to play with, because at the moment there appear to be several who. Um, uh, uh, rather than than spending the rest of the season or the rest following years playing for Chelsea, having their contracts renewed, maybe uh, maybe put up for transfer. But yes, I I, I think the that mentally, I think you're absolutely right. I think the problem is is the uh, um, they're aware of the status of the opposition and they feel that ultimately they will win through. And yet, you'd have thought that. Um, playing 120 minutes and then looking knackered was exactly not what uh, anybody had, you know, in mind for the team. So um, uh, I've, it, it, it was a terrible performance. And yet, as we say, we won and we would, it was down to um, Dave and Alonso. So perhaps, and also some strange substitutions. I don't understand why Kovacic came off. Perhaps you just wanted to give him a rest. But in the end, we did have that wonderful situation of, uh, if it hadn't been for um, Pulisic not being, obviously been in America uh, uh, and uh, in the coldest temperatures known to man, he would never, um, he, he might have got on and we'd have had all the forwards that we bought for huge amounts of money playing because there was one occasion when there were all four of them were on and we still look completely toothless. Um, I think we look worse. Yeah, it probably looked worse because, well, no, no, only Jorginho was there. Um, but... Uh, it's tricky, isn't it? Because I think we've given all the reasons why they underperformed. As you say, it's a team from lower division. It's uh, they're up for it. We're not. It's a twelve thirty start. Um, I think some of the the players we know are not putting in a shift, and the main one is the centre forward. Well, who is we're going to get onto that? A but great I think segue. It yeah, stems yeah. from that. That's really important because he yeah. made, he made very little effort to head that corner out, head the free when kick he got out. barged out of the way. So he, in fact, he was pushed. It was in fact it was a foul. Well, but of course it was a foul. Yeah, but he's well, a great big lump. He shouldn't have. You he, know, he shouldn't allow it. Okay. You know, you could, boy, you could say, boy, you could say. Yeah, yeah. The boy who scored it, of course, good luck to him, was an ex-Chelsea player. So. No, I think Houghton 
uh, put it in. I don't. He we didn't, put it in. Yeah, did he? Gillespie, Gillespie it that scored, but Houghton right. put it in. Um, Clayton, let, let's talk about the uh, the main man. Uh, I've got lots of things to read out before before uh, I let you lot try and answer it. But first of all, thirty one touches in one hundred and twenty minutes, zero goals, zero assists. Uh, no, uh, I think two unsuccessful dribbles and uh, one out of ten duels won. Um, my kind of notes said. Uh, that he looks like a player whose boots are ten two sizes ten <laughs> sizes too big, you know. If if Werner looks like a terrier chasing a balloon, Lukaku looks like he's playing. You know those kind of comedy clown shoes, which which literally were you know about twenty. It looks like he's playing in a pair of those sometimes. Um, it's a knockout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is brilliant. Actually, this is from uh, somebody called at e e medicine on on twitter now he's he's been on dino's uh went to mo king's meadow show knows a lot about women's football i just thought he kind of nailed it in this you can you can just the, the, the frustration is just oozing out of him in this this tweet he says right now it's like playing with 10 men uh and the players don't like him the fans don't like him and the opposition love him we cannot string passes uh, together passes or do literally anything with this oaf up top he can't press, pass, shoot, cross. All we can do is play for counters and hope he doesn't run it out of bounds. And I, and I just thought, mate, you nailed it. I mean, my question to you, Clayton, is, is Lukaku shit or does he just not give a shit? <laughs> nice, 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 easy one. Thank you very much. <laughs> Can I find a friend or ask the audience? Uh, well, it, it, might, it might be all three. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I mean, how bad is Italian football? You know, he terrorised Italian football. Um, As is Jekko at the moment, by the way. Yeah, Jekko's and Giroud scored yeah. a couple of goals. Anyway, and, and Tammy um, Abraham. Yeah, yeah. Tam, Tammy's got seventeen goals this season in, in league and cup. How bad is he? Well, at the moment, he's 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 using up a position which which he shouldn't be because I can understand. I, so just going back, the team we picked was the same team apart from Thiago Silva that beat Tottenham. So the disparity between the two performances is incomprehensible in terms of one of them's against your biggest rivals and it's in front of a baying crowd. This was at 12.30, as JK pointed out, in a game where they just waltzed in where they thought they were going to win. The, this is the sort of opposition, and, and Plymouth were fantastic. I thought they were really, really good. I thought they were really well organised. But this is the sort of opposition that Lukaku should be absolutely just pulverising. Yeah. Absolutely pulverising. Not only him, but Werner um, should have been terrifying the life out of them, you know, 120 minutes in. Anyway, I... I I don't think Lukaku is a bad player. I just think he he is not what we needed, and it's quite interesting because you know that the, there's been loads of discussion about the fact that Man City have played sort of almost two seasons now without a striker, an out and out striker, and they're going to walk the Premier League for a second year running. We won the Champions League without a striker. You know, a lot of our best football is without the striker. Juve at home was without Lukaku. A lot of our performances were very good without Lukaku. 
I think the problem is, yes, it's him, but it's not him as a footballer. It's 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 the fact that he doesn't suit the best team that we can be with with certainly on, on the evidence of last season and how we played last season in the majority of games. It it's just not working, and I don't know whether the other players don't like him. I saw sort of at one stage where there was that where Mason Mount had that shot brilliantly saved by their goalkeeper because Lukaku touched the ball off for him and, and Mace went up to him afterwards and, you know, gave him lots of encouragement, this, that and the other. But my abiding memory from the game was the fact that he, he was like one of those referees that JK loves that lives in the centre circle uh-huh. and basically is nowhere near the play. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe he's training to be a referee, mate. Well, maybe that's it, but that's um, I, I think we've got a massive problem because how the hell are we going to shift him? Well, I mean, his wages alone are an issue, let alone you know the fact that we're going to take a hefty loss on a hundred million. I mean, my take, Marco, is that he he doesn't really want to be here, and I I think you know you know me, I, I, I'm a therapist, psychotherapist, so I lo- I love to kind of wonder what's going on in these people's heads, and of course you know we were all we were all we were all around when Lukaku you know, started his career at Chelsea and um, he never looked uh, confident. I mean, okay, he was a very young man, so I kind of accept that. But, you know, after missing that penalty in the Super Cup, he ran away pretty quickly. I just wonder if there's, you know, okay, to be kind, I would say I think he's a massive confidence player and he needs to be loved and he needs to think, you know, he needs to be kind of idolised in a way. He needs to be put on a pedestal. He needs to be the king. He needs to be the big man. He needs to be told that. I don't think he's a team player. I don't think he's the kind of guy that can be just one of the cogs in a wheel. And I think that's what, and I think, you know, in a way, that's kind of what's happened organically this season and then being exacerbated by his, you know, massive foot in mouth moment where he's, you know, I wouldn't say sulking, but I think his confidence has been knocked by that. Suddenly I'm not the great big I am. Uh, Maybe I'm not very liked either. And I think that's seeped right through to his form. I mean, basic stuff as a striker, mate. You know, not... I mean, that miss from two yards out. If he had anticipated that, that would have been about the easiest goal he'll ever score. Uh, Not attacking the ball when a cross comes in. You know, basic stuff. You talk to Kerry, he'd be going absolutely potty at that. So I I think that's affecting his form. I think it's a confidence issue myself. What do you reckon? So... Here's my thoughts. So uh, he, when he got, um, when he got injured um, and he was out the side for a bit and sort of Chelsea flourished, they went back to uh, playing without a striker. We were top of the league. Um, You know, so it was all kind of, well, this is all right, isn't it? Um, And then everybody kind of forgot about Lukaku and then, and then he came back. And if you remember, he, he came back in that, Came on as a sub, didn't he, against Villa on, I think, was it Boxing Day? I can't remember. Yeah. It was, yeah. No, the, the, the game he came back was Man U at home, wasn't it, before that? Was it? Yeah. He came on as a sub, though, didn't he, against Villa and yeah. um, tore it up. Um, and then I think he played against Brighton a couple of days later and he, he sort of, he was defending stoically and... Um, did he score in that game? I can't remember. I think he did actually, didn't he? Zayek uh, scored. Did he? But he played well in both those games, and then and then and then kind of that story came out 
Um, and it's just been catastrophic since then. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then you kind of look at that, you, you look at the whole piece, go back to when, you know, there were rumours about Chelsea being in for him. And let's face it, you know, all everyone was talking about was why does why doesn't Mr Abramovich sanction uh, Marina going to stick 200 million on um, under you know the Dortmund owners tables for Haaland and and just get get that kid and be done with it um and it was kind of like Lukaku was almost well we've got to buy somebody so let, let let's let's buy him um and and it was kind of you know really uh but then there was like yeah you know welcome home and we're all like we're all good with it but I, I just think now um it's almost like a lost cause and you know his body language has been awful um and I think I can't remember if it was you Clayton you know so it said it's almost as if his teammates don't want him there um and that's you know that's not a good good state of affairs and kind of playing him for the it was almost like he he was played for the sake of it he shouldn't have stayed on the pitch um you know he should have been substituted uh, I'd, have, I'd have taken him off after 20 minutes mark i know but you know i don't know we're kind of in that weird weird zone again where it's almost I, it was kind of, I mean, Pepper's kind of come back into the play and obviously was a, a, a legend on on uh, Saturday. But it was almost like the transfer fee is so high that um, he, he has to get be given game time um, not to impact, you know, any kind of resale value. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I would not play him. All of that said, um, you can see where this is all going because we're Chelsea and this is what happens. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll have the game of his life against Liverpool at Wembley in the League Cup final and score the winner and everybody will be scratching their heads. Um, you know, that, that that's kind of like my vision, although it could be wrong, um, <laughs> as it often is. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of like the glass half full side of it. But... You know, if it were down to me, I'd just say, do you know what? Forget it. He, he's not the striker, I don't think, for the way we play. And I mean, you know, footballers, guess what? Who knew? But footballers are also human. And I mean, I'm just imagining imagining what we would be doing in that situation if we were as talented as the likes of Ziyech and Mount and, uh, you know, uh, Kai Havertz, etc., etc., etc. We knew, we know how well we can play in terms of the way that we were playing last year. And we know that we're not playing as well, trying to play to this idiot's bloody strengths, whatever they might be. You know what? I would be pissed off too. But I'm going to ask you a question. Or do you want to come in? I've got a question for JK, Clayton, but do you, do you want to come in? Yeah, no, I, I, one thing I think that we should explore, and okay, we don't play to his strengths, but is there anything that we're not doing? I mean, one one of the things that, that I have been frustrated about for months, and I know that we sort of had 41 shots on Saturday, but only like 11 was on target. 
you know, ironically, in a game that was so dreadful, both our goals were fabulous goals. They really were. The sort of one-touch passing and the finishes were were both brilliant. Are we... I I mean, I don't think that we create, and and we haven't for for ages, create clear-cut chances. Now, I'm not talking about the half chances, because if you have 41 shots, you're obviously doing something right to, to get in those positions. But most of those shots were blocked. I mean, they weren't, you know, that they were shots. Anybody can keep shooting, you know, like they've got 10 men behind the ball, which is what it was. But uh, should is there anything that we should be doing different to, to help him? Now, obviously, Mark pointed out, Saturday, his body language, it just stunk the place out. I mean, it was just awful. It was obvious that he'd given up and he wasn't interested, etc. But, you know, in those two games that Marco mentioned, the, you know, Villa away at half and Brighton at home, he was very good. So what is what is happening? What's changing? Is there anything that we can do? And and I, I think possibly the introduction of Ziyech and him being in the team full-time now is, is to try and feed him. But it's just not working. Not on, not on Saturday, although I do take your point. JK, you wanted to answer that? Say, you were right, um, uh, Marco. It was the Brighton at home game. I was getting confused. He did score. But uh, I think the fact that we t- had 20 corners as well and he didn't um, get Didn't near anyone, did he? Any, any of them. I felt that was because he wasn't trying. I really felt that. I didn't feel that uh, that he was making much effort to go for the ball. I do think, though, the one thing that, that does get in the way of all of this is that he does make those runs yeah. um, where he's away from the centre-half, he's away from the marker, and the ball doesn't come in. And 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 that is, that's been a problem ever since he's been playing for us, which is that it's it's two touches are taken. Nadoi is very, very guilty of that. He takes an extra touch. He did it on several times. Slows it down all the time. Slows it down, yeah. And even, uh, I think it's better if you've got um, Rhys James doing that cross or even Chilwell because they're very good at curling stuff in first time. Whereas Dave, it's always a bit of a liability um, because he, he'd never been a great crosser. And um, Saar wasn't achieving anything. That's why he brought Alonso, brought Alonso on, who I have to say I thought was, uh, we've talked about this slightly before, was excellent. And I was intrigued, as we've said, that both goals were scored by the fullbacks. But the fullbacks have obviously made a decision to get up there because why was Dave, you know, on the on the, the six-yard line? Total football, with, mate. With Lukaku five yeah. yards behind him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And why was, and, and, and Alonso took the goal wonderfully. Um, uh, similarly, he he was just at the edge of the penalty area, and you go, okay, if they did made a decision, or is that Tuchel from afar saying, look, everybody get up because they're not they're not going to be doing much attacking, which I felt was the case. I think he just threw more and more people on, thought because he'd made a, an assessment that they that they were probably going to rely on on um, you know booting the ball up the pitch a bit, but he was wrong because they actually for the last ten minutes looked as if they'd score and indeed got the penalty because they 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 played better, they played. <laughs> They didn't play to type. I think there's that feeling that they will all put 10 men behind the ball and boot the ball up the pitch and run after it, which so many of the teams play. But they didn't do that. They were actually playing a very intricate, well-planned like, style. Like we uh, said they would on Friday. Like we said they would on Friday. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, but um, and I, I think that that's one of the problems that Lukaku has got is, is that they're not doing this first-time crossing, which is a bit old-fashioned and actually goes, I almost feel, against 
what we were talking about with the the fact that you don't really need to have a striker because the the two touches frequently mean somebody gets to the byline and Havertz is involved and they do a triangle. We're not seeing many of those triangles that we saw um, when we won the Champions League last year of you know just somebody in the, the I have to say Chill was at the base of that so so was James most of the time but it's that little thing of of they get the ball and on the right hand side they they pull players to them they'll play intricate first time passes then they'll center the ball um in this instance uh that's not happening so i almost think they're 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 um what's the word they're pointing it out to the defenders the type of ball that's going to come in where lukaku is going to be and therefore it's easily they're signposting it i think it's easily dealt with as well yeah. but I, I i agree completely i he shouldn't be playing in this setup and the other problem we have in that instance is the other expensive forward Werner, oh. was 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 absolutely hopeless was possibly one of his worst performances ever against them and i and I, I, you could see he has no confidence at all. I don't know what's happened to him. You know, and that, that moment, um, I said it in my fan bite, when he attempted to chest the ball and he chested it into the um, right to the player, uh, the, uh, the um, uh, Plymouth player, and gave up. And the other one, when he pulled out of that, well, that challenge. Was, that was criminal. That was, that that was, was criminal. Because he pussied out of it, JK. He pussied completely, absolutely, completely bottled it. And you just think, oh, come on, please, this is so dreadful. So you've got two of the most exposed, the goal scorer is not working. You're leaving it to Havertz. Havertz looks sleepy, but he's still he's a out, I mean, he's not played he's, for a few not weeks. Not played, not played. So he's absolutely. rusty. I, I, I'm not trying to be favourites here, but... And I, then you've got, you know. I agree, then you've got the, the, the enigmatic Zayek, who I think is making more of an effort. He yeah. actually... Played on with the he, groin he, injury. He was knackered he, by the he end was of it. Knackered. But also, no, also he'd done his groin in about at about because he he signalled to the bench and really? uh, and limp. Yeah, I, I saw I saw that, and he, he was um uh, and he was holding his groin. I don't think in a in a desire to pleasure himself. And um, uh, no, I I felt that it was uh, <laughs> not, not at that stage of the game. But I felt that he, that he was um he, uh, he, he was, wasn't doing a kind of a self imposed Guinness moment then. <laughs> You never know. He might have enjoyed something he'd just done. But he was once again enigmatic. You know, he he, he he's playing a little bit deeper, I think, mm. purely for um, to whip those balls in for Lukaku. But um, he's a bit he was a bit hit and miss again in that game. But I know he at the moment to me, he's the he's the forward. He's the best forward at the moment yeah, we've got. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a point, Marco, isn't it? I mean, we can sit here and we can stick the boot in on, on Lukaku with Gaia Band and we can probably do much the same with Werner. But let's be honest, none of them are actually doing anything apart from maybe Ziyech. I've got a brilliant, uh, I've got a brilliant tweet, actually, from uh, somebody on Saturday. Somebody? It's not somebody. It's from at Blueboy1967. And he says, I want you to ask this on the show. So I'm going to ask Marco because Marco knows. Marco definitely knows. He says, pound for pound... Is this the worst Chelsea FC strike force ever assembled? I mean, if you're literally talking pounds, shillings and pence, it's, it's, it's incredible. If, you know, uh, Werner Havertz and Lukaku is 200 million plus. 290, 290. Almost three hundred million well, pounds. Well, hang on. Werner, Havertz, Lukaku, and Pulisic is three hundred million quid. Leave Pulisic out of it. Um, He's still probably in deep freeze at the moment, isn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think, but it's bizarre. 
it is almost extraordinary, you know, and then you kind of wonder, you know, Havertz was, he was like the must-have signing, wasn't he? Everybody wanted to sign Havertz. Um, he scored the goal in, the winning goal in the Champions League final. Paid um, back, man. Werner, you know, I, I, I'm not really sure, you know, we, we, <laughs> it's just like how, you know, is, is that uh, the Robert Fleck of um, the modern era? I, I just don't, I don't get it. I mean, I used to remember, I felt sorry for Andre Schurler and Salah when they were in, at Chelsea, particularly Schurler, because they, you could see the terror in their eyes. It was almost like, you know, Mourinho had, you know, told them he was going to hang them up, up, up from the ceiling and beat the soles of their feet if, <laughs> if they didn't score. Um, and they, you know, they would run too fast and all of those things. Um, but, but now, I don't know. It's just like we buy these players. What do they think? I don't know. It's like, it's like you were saying, what does Lukaku think? You know, what does Havertz think? I mean, Havertz is like a young man and, and he's probably thinking, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just go to another club after this. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 don't, I just don't get it. Why, why are we the graveyard of so many talented strikers? That's what I can't understand. I mean, it's not like this is a new phenomenon. This has been going on certainly since I've been going. That's the thing. I don't know what it is. I mean, nowadays, modern Chelsea, I mean, I think this actually applies to Lukaku, to be honest. You know, I don't think he, he, he's got the balls to make it a, a big club. And you, you, you might say, Chidge, Chidge, come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. He played for Man United. And I mean, I, you know, Man United are a bigger club than us. OK, I don't like it, but it's true. He wasn't exactly, you know, knocking the walls down there. He does brilliantly at shit clubs. But not yeah. big clubs, and he and he he looked shit. He looked like he was shitting himself when he broke on the scene at Chelsea. And frankly, I think it's a, a, a variant on that that we're seeing now. To do be you, honest, do you know what I, I think? Fundamentally, there there are, there are a couple of things here. I mean, we've already spoken about Man City who just tear teams to pieces um, without without a recognised striker. I mean, even when they had you know Aguero, who who was one who slipped through the Chelsea uh, fingers. Um, I mean, imagine what sort of team we'd have had if we'd signed him when he was. We 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 we'd meant to have. Signed he would him. have been shit, Mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I just think you know, United and Liverpool, who um, score goals for fun, um, don't really play with a, a recognised, you know, number nine. Or, yeah, they, they don't. And Chelsea have played their best, not not through, you know, through through necessity because they haven't had one. Um, have played a lot of football without a recognised striker, and there's all this stuff. Oh, we've got to sign a big striker. We've got to sign a big striker, and yet we flourished um, and, and won trophies. You know, playing without a recognised striker. I mean, you know, Costa was a proper mugger, grappler, horrible, horrible, nasty striker. He was brilliant. Um, you know, and, and you either have that type of player who is going to make an absolute horror and nuisance of himself, 
or, or don't bother, you know, just, just have Eden Hazard floating around um, and, and, you know, just weaving in and out of plays and putting the ball in the, in the back of the net. I think you make a good point there, Marco. And I think actually us old buzzards probably need to take a bit of blame for that because we're all of the old gen- the generation of, oh, you got to have a proper number nine, you've got to have a proper striker because we grew up with that. Maybe all the FIFA merchants have got it right and they know they know ball more than we do, as they might like to say. Maybe it is all about, you know, passing, passing, passing and you don't need a striker. Liverpool don't have one. City don't have one. Anyway, what do we know? Um, I'll tell you what I know. I know... Uh, that the legendary CFC UK, the uh, latest edition of which, uh, was on sale on Saturday. I noticed because I got my copy in the post. Actually arrived when everybody else's did for a change. Don't know what DJ did to put some magic on the stamp for that one, but it actually mine normally turns up four days after everybody else has got theirs. But anyway, it's DJ out. was on uh, LBC talking about um, uh, uh, financial matters. Was he now? Yeah, it was, what it the was... fight, the finances, the complex and intriguing finances of CFC UK? That would have been lovely. No, he was asking about um, a, a gas bill. I think it was. Okay. On, oh right, because we're getting Dean, stiffed, aren't Dean, we? Dean Dunham's uh, show. Oh right, the lawyer. Right. Yeah, it was, well, there you go. It, it, it's good that way, DJ. He, Phones up, always has a chat. You know? A man of many talents, as we well know. Anyway, uh, Marco, where can one purchase a copy of this legendary tomb? Uh, well, one can um, cross the road when one exits Fulham Broadway Railway Station and find one's way to the CFC UK table. Uh, it's no longer and, a stall, it's just a table now, is it? Well, it's a table, yeah. Um, We're downsizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, um, yeah, just pay a pound and you will get a copy of said fanzine. Or... You can subscribe to C- oh, fanzine at cfcuk.net where you can also acquire um, a digital version if that is your preference. Yeah, there we go. It's all very easily done. I mean, by the way, if you're in the UK, uh, um, the digital version is uh, only six quid, which is quite astonishing, really. If, if you want the hard copy, as it were, it's 16 quid. If you're in uh, Europe, it's 35 quid for the hard copies. rest of the world is 45 quid. Still six quid for the digital versions. Get on it, people. It is, honestly, I mean, Clayton beat me to it on uh, whenever it was Saturday by saying, oh, here's the new edition of CFC UK with the best Chelsea writers there are and me. I mean, that's normally my line. Um, but because uh, I would I would never I would always include Clayton as one of the best writers we've got. Certainly not me. That's for sure. But it's it's brilliant. Um, so there you go. Um, that's about it, really, for this part. I kind of run out of things to say about it, such as my frustration with Lukaku at all. Uh, but we're going to come back in a minute, and uh, we're going to be talking about the positive sides of the Plymouth game, which seem to be residing in the back positions of Chelsea. We'll see you in a second. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel... If you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? 
Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I, of course, I'm of course Stanford Chidge. Aided and abetted in my misdemeanours and crimes, Chelsea-related, by the young Jonathan Kidd. Hey there, y'all. Good to see you, old Bean. You're looking well. Thank you very much, am I? Oh, yeah, well, I, I loved your headshots earlier that you put on Twitter. I think was I looking villainous? Were you, is that the intention? Cause no, the, the, really. No, because the top ones didn't look villainous. No, no, no. I want you to dress up and do a Terry Thomas one, just for us. That'd be hilarious. I've got to feel like that, haven't I? Sure. Yeah. I do you know, I like the one, uh, bottom left... Two or three along. That was the best one. I thought. I thought you looked. I thought you looked very elegant. Thank you. I don't think I'm supposed to be elegant. Well, to my you just age. you just look good. You know, some people. You know, we can tell. You know, the, the best versions of ourselves. And I thought, oh, he looks really good. Well, at good that. But anybody uh, listening, I'm on. Uh, it's on Twitter on my page. So uh, just come on and tell yeah. me which one you like. Vote, vote for the one you want, and you get to take yeah, Jonathan home for an evening. Yeah, thank you. Well, I wouldn't say that, but you know, I might meet you and give you a quick. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. We've also got uh, the the one. It's lovely to have Clayton back. I mean, we've missed Clayton. Don't think we've seen Clayton since November on the show, have we? Um, yeah. um probably October because yeah. that's when I did it. Yeah, that's when, uh, yes, I had my little accident. Yeah, it's been way too long, mate. It's really lovely to see you. Um, great, great to be back. Yeah, it'd be even nice to see you in person, as it were. So I can't wait to get back. And uh, last by, but, but by no means least, I mean, I can't tell you lot out there how much I miss seeing this man because, you know, apart from the fact I love him to pieces, Marco is very much a key part of my match day ritual to the extent that I actually believe that if I don't go and see Marco at the stall before a game, <laughs> then Chelsea might lose. So, you know, it's, you're, you're kind of my version of the blue parrot man, mate. <laughs> Lovely to be here, mate. Lovely, Lovely to see to you. Me. Lovely to see you. Right, we've had a good old moan, which is kind of the whole point of the show, really. Uh, but let's try and be a bit more upbeat. Not hard to do. Um, what can you say about our defenders? What can you say about Aspilicueta, who 
I mean, you know, I thought Tuchel was absolutely bang on the other week when he said, well, Dave's just banging form at the moment. And I absolutely agree with him. I keep trying to drop him out of my team selection. But what do I know? Um, no, you had him in on Friday. I did have him in on Friday. Yeah. Well, I kind of realised that, that, that Tuchel's going to pick him because he's banging form. But he proved it. He did Aspilazola. I mean, a back heel goal. It was fantastic. But I mean, Marcus Alonso, you know, when, I mean, it's just so mental, isn't it? We've got, we've got, uh, you know, strikers playing in, in, in lead boots uh, or, you know, Lukaku playing in boots that are 10 sizes too big from Werner, who looks like a terrier chasing a balloon. And yet we've got Marcus Alonso, who knows how to finish. I mean, it was a great finish, JK, wasn't it? Stroked in the corner. Just first time. His first time shots that, that are, uh, appear to be one of our problems. I mean, to be fair, we did have three. Um, uh, it seemed to be Kovacic appeared to be the man who was doing the shooting early on because he hit the woodwork twice, didn't he? With, I, I uh, had a terrible feeling when it when we hit the woodwork three times. I thought, oh my god, I, this is this is only going one game. way. I've seen yeah. this. I've seen this movie before, mate. Yeah, yeah. Then I don't know. I think I, we're past those times, and I knew he'd come up with something. I just didn't think it would be uh, uh, from the defence. But Marcus had an absolutely fantastic game when he came. He didn't put a foot wrong. He didn't give the ball away. He passed. It's terrible. I'm saying these things. He didn't give the ball away. He passed to a blue shirt all the time. And he did some really neat um, uh, um, getting past the opposition, you know, some neat moves and was involved um, in, in a, a whole series of, of terrific uh, passes up the byline there. He was just, uh, he played out of his skin, you know, as they were playing. But it was just, well, we needed people to to come on and raise them up. Was Christensen injured? Is that what happened with him after the... No, he, I, it was a tactical thing, was no, it? No, no, I think he was always only going to play one half. He's just oh, coming he? back from COVID. And of course, this is the, this is the yes. annoying thing for us. Yes. We don't know what the impact of these blokes having COVID has been. Only people who are on the training ground in the medical department will know that. And it's yes, very irritating for us. Excusing Werner from saying that he'd been very ill with it and that, in fact, this was... I his, don't think uh, COVID gives you stupidity, last time I looked. It's not one of the symptoms. Or, or even, yes, lack of... Um, or even makes you scared, I agree. When going I mean, and that, I mean, I hate to go and retread old ground, but, I mean, that Werner pulling out of that... that I'm, I'm sorry, mate. You just don't do that in professional football. I mean, you're right. That wasn't, that wasn't a, I can't get to the ball. He's supposed to be the fastest person in our squad. That yeah. was... This hairy-ass third-division player is going to come and try and break my legs, so I'm not going to even go anywhere near it. He could actually have got to the ball and nipped it over the goalkeeper, really, if he'd got, if he'd got there first. Anyway. Yeah, he was scared of the collision. But no, I, I, I was, it, was a, it was a terrific goal from Alonso, as it was from Dave, and um, uh, he looked more likely to get a shot in and score than the others. That was, that's, you know, in a sense, you have to accept that they, they're all... They're, they're, he is good enough to score and he got into a position to do so. So, uh, um, but no, we've been going on, uh, we, we've been ironically saying that he should play up front, shouldn't we, for the for about the past year and a half. So, you know. And to kind of, you know, be fair, you know, I'm nothing if not fair. It was good involvement uh, from Werner for that goal to be, you know. Yeah, suddenly it was yeah. the, the best move of the game. Yeah. Fantastic. It Two was. very slick first-time passes. It no was. second touches being being taken as with the first goal it went bat 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 yeah, goal. lovely yeah proper well i mean that's the kind of football that we play or that we were playing or have been playing without a i mean you know let's be honest we haven't had a nice we haven't had a proper number nine i mean you could say that Morata was a proper number nine apart from he was rubbish you know i mean we basically for for most of the entire time that we had eden hazard apart from when we had costa 
we just relied on Hazard to, to be our main goal threat. Uh, and we got used to playing that way anyway. I'm rehashing part one. I'm not going to do that. Um, I mean, I thought the defence were pretty good because, you know, okay, they didn't have much to do, Clayton. The only kind of blemish really was young Malang Saar, who I, I, I've been really enjoying recently. I think he's looking, you know, a useful a useful player, actually. He seems to be getting better and better. But what a horrible error, compounded by then making another horrible error and giving a penalty away. But, of course, that allowed... Um, Somebody that I am, I can't, I don't think I'll be as delighted as you perhaps, but I'm really delighted to see the rehabilitation of Kepper. And I mean, frankly, nobody saves penalties, you know, better than him, do they? I mean, he is the penalty king. But aside from that, I mean, you know, since he's come back, since kind of Mondi's been away, he's done absolutely everything that, that, that you know, would have been asked of him and more. I mean, I'm delighted. I'm sure you are. Yeah, I, I think the the easiest thing to say is the fact that you don't actually think about him anymore. No. You know, beginning of the season where you thought Afcon, he's got to go in there for a couple of months or month six weeks. It was like, mm, I'm not sure about that. It's not great. He's done everything that has been asked of him and more. And I just think that you know, as a human being let alone football, you've got to be pleased for him. For, from where he was to where he is now, it's just fan, fantastic. I mean, a lot of credit has to go to Mr H, as they called him on the bench, Hilario, who, you know, got absolute pelters when he was really not performing. You know, what are you doing, Mr Goalkeeping Coach? And now we've got Two excellent goalkeepers, and Marcus Bettinelli looked absolutely fine, albeit it was only against Chesterfield, he looked confident. I think, you know, his rehabilitation is, is one of the complete success stories of of, of Tommy Tuchel and, and his team. Um, he looks confident. Um, it's not only the fact he saves penalties, it's it's the unbelievable shithousery that, that, you know, that comes before any opposition striker having to take a penalty. I don't know if any of you guys actually watched uh, Manchester United's penalty demise. I mean, Anthony Taylor, I've never seen a referee go up to the goalkeeper before every single penalty kick. So whether Keppel would be able to get away with his said shithousery with Mr Taylor in charge, who knows? But yeah, no, he's, he's great. I mean, not only that, he's confident. I, I don't know if you remember, I can't remember if it was the second half of the game or second half of extra time. There was a ball that came through, was only about 15 yards into our half, and there he was, sweeping up, doing brilliantly and stopping any danger. I mean, yeah, he's he just deserves a huge pat on the back. Um, obviously, he'll play in the semi-final, and I, I hope he plays in the final of the club. World Championship as well, because he deserves it. He really does. It'd be very, very interesting to see what Tommy T does for the the League Cup final. Really don't know what he's going to do. What about the the Club World Cup? Because, I mean, Mondi's not there for the semi, is he? I don't think. think Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I mean. For the the Club World Cup, he's going to play on Wednesday because Mondi will presumably only arrive... Uh, within the next day or so, but I think he should he should probably play in the final as well. Just just keep that continuity going. Yeah, I mean it's it's really good, isn't it? I mean in in a in a weird way, you kind of want 
you do want to have you, you don't you don't want like one exceptional goalkeeper and one mediocre one you want two really really good goalkeepers but marco it does it does present a bit of a dilemma doesn't it for Tuchel and the coaching staff you know if if Kepper is playing this well i mean i i, I would still sit here now and say mondi is the better keeper i have to say but you know what do you do you know do you do you, do you, do you, you know do you just bring mondi in because you agree with me or do you keep Kepper in until he makes a mistake and then you drop him, which makes him feel really awful. I think it's a real dilemma, mate. I think, um, I don't know, it's an interesting one, isn't it? They're, they're both, I've got a lot of admiration and respect for Kepper. Yeah, definitely. For, you know, for the position that he plays, if you lose confidence in that position, there's nowhere to hide. It's not like Lukaku. <laughs> losing confidence. And... I tell you, I wouldn't want to play a game of hide-and-seek with Lukaku because I'd probably lose. <laughs> but, you know, for him to do that and to come back, um, and I know I used to have these debates with Clayton because back in the day, Clayton really rated Kepper um, and, and said he, he wasn't he wasn't the right stature, etc., to be a goalie. And I, I, have I got that wrong? Clayton, or did you admonish me a few times for championing? No, I mean, I basically, I think <laughs> I started off trying to be as encouraging as as possible and just basically say, yeah, no, he's good, he's okay, he's all right. Uh, and then I basically said he shouldn't be anywhere near the team when he was he, he had no confidence and he was letting in his, his and I got this, Got this wrong, didn't I? Because I misprinted it on on Twitter. I said his shot to save ratio, and I put his shit to save ratio. <laughs> <laughs> his shot to save ratio was was dreadful, it was absolutely dreadful, and he he had to be taken out of the firing line, even if it meant poor old Willie going in goal. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know with with Kepper, I think a goalkeeper quite often you know it's, if the defence in front of you is um falling falling to pieces and not cohesive etc it's going to have a massive impact on on you know how the goalkeeper plays and i think at that time the stars uh you know fate conspired against kepper because the defense in front of him just w- was all over the place wasn't it uh, uh, at that time well, they were getting all- no protection were they yeah and i think now um you know, Kepper's come back. Kepper, Kepper could, in theory, become the the go-to keeper. I don't think he will, will because, you know, Edward is um, he's the man, isn't he? he when is it comes, to he's Kepper. also taller. I think that really yeah. is relevant. You know, I think he, he those a couple of shots that uh, that Kepper can't quite get to. I think he'd get a hand to. I yeah, think that because he's sort of got a bigger reach. Yeah. I think that's that's what do you do if one one both keep goalkeepers are playing wonderfully, but one is bigger than the other and gets to the ball better? Well, you you choose that one. Well, I, but I, it, they, I would, and he clear, and he can clear out a defence, and I don't think Kepper can do. I mean, uh, he, he tried hard on Saturday, but you yeah. always were worried about because you know that's how Plymouth were going to play. They're going to they had a very interesting there, tactic. They? they took some very good corners. Yeah, they and did. They played a very very um, uh, swift. Well, I don't see why Chelsea don't ever do this. He put five players on the line. And they played the ball right next to the post. And Kepper was probably fouled, but actually 
punched a couple of times, punched the ball away, which I, I commended him for. I would always be really tempted if I was a goalkeeper because I'm not exactly the tallest person in the world. But I would, in that, those situations, I would always try and punch the ball but accidentally miss on purpose and punch the striker or their defender. Then it, then it would be a penalty. Well, it would be but... accidental, mate. No, no, they, they don't look at it that way. But you, but you see, the thing is that he, the, the actual um, thing that you're talking about, JK, in that game, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't. He's he's got an extra physicality yeah. about him that he didn't have when he first came yeah. to the club. Now, obviously, when he first came to the club, we had the whole David De Gea comparison because De Gea in his first couple of games got just bounced out of it, and and everybody was thinking, "Oh my God, what a nightmare!" And Kepa had the same problem, but but even that has gone. That he's he's showing a bravery that he didn't show when well, he, he was first the at the club. He got, he got to the ball. I just think, from a stature point of view, Mandy is is bigger. Oh, I, I don't listen. I I, I yeah. think you know if, if you if you say which one of those two goalkeepers, I don't think there's a comparison. I think Mondi wins every single time. But the point is now that if Mondi isn't there or Mondi gets injured, you don't have concerns about who you've got coming in. Absolutely. I also think from a, the team spirit point of view, which um, Tuchel mentions uh, repeatedly in the in the press conferences. He he will play um, Kepa just because of the continuity. Otherwise, it would be. I don't think the players would like it that much if uh, Mandy just comes straight back into the final if they've got through. I think he would um, be more likely to play mm, Kepa. That's very interesting, isn't it? We've actually got a really good question. Not that we we never get really good questions from Mix. It's just that I don't norm- I normally miss them, for which I heartedly wholeheartedly apologise. But this is from Leaf, uh, Leaf Keeve, I think. He says, what are the crew's thoughts on Kepa being sold in the summer window uh, if his form continues? Either recoup as much of his transfer fee as possible or Kepa handing in a transfer request Marco with the poison chalice. Yeah. Um, I think Kepa's already said that he he wants to stay at Chelsea. Um can can we can we have two keepers of you know that I mean if you think we only what did we pay for Mendy 20, 30, 20, was it? I don't think it was that much million. was it twenty five yeah. I think I think it was in the twenties in yeah. the late twenties maybe maybe thirty one thirty two. Yeah, not a lot. I mean, less than half the the what than what Kepa cost us. But I mean, I I always I mean, look, you know, I think I think money in this game, you know, is needs to be viewed with a certain amount of perspective because, you know, you've got to understand the market that we're in, and you know, everybody, as I love to say, there were people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest that knew that Chelsea were in for a, a keeper because the snake ratted on us. Uh, so it wasn't really surprising that we got stiffed for 75 million quid for a, a keeper that nobody had really unheard of and was vastly unproven. That's how it works. Everybody, uh, in fact, there were probably people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who thought that Chelsea would be in for a striker in the summer. So, oh, lo and behold, a club that were pretty much bankrupt then stiff us for 100 million quid to buy Lukaku. And I do think, I don't think that's fair on the players. They don't ask to be sold for that much money. I mean, I do wonder sometimes if that heaps the pressure on them. But the trouble is, Marco, it causes a bit of a problem for us if they don't work out and we have to get rid of them because we're going to take an almighty loss. I suppose the question then really is, you know, if you've got Roman Abramovich as an owner, is that really a problem? 
I don't know. I mean, if, if you look at if you look at the, the the squad, the overall squad as it is now, and you know the value tied up up in some of those players who who aren't getting games, it's kind of like you know obviously they're on. It's not quite a Winston Bogard scenario where they're thinking, oh look at all this dosh I'm on. I'll just turn up for my wages. I'm sure those guys want to play um, week in, week out, um, and would look for an opportunity to do so. But they, but by the same token, they probably all want to be at elite clubs. I mean, we've you know we've had instances of players turning down loan moves, um, you know, senior players. And you think, well, well, you know, why have you done that? Um, you know you're gonna you're gonna play every week, but you know players. I, I don't know where would if Kepa where would Kepa go back to Spain potentially. Um, that that's where I would see him go. Um, I, I don't know would would that interest him? Probably because he, he you know he's probably got one eye on the World Cup. Um, there, there was a brief period when he kind of. Usurped um, De Gea, hadn't he, from from the number one spot in uh, the Spain national team? But that's that's gone by the by. So I don't know if he's harbouring ambitions of playing in the in the World Cup finals. I mean, he's not going to do it if he's sitting on the bench for Chelsea and just playing in uh, cup games and coming on for penalty shootouts. Um, but but is that his ambition? I, I I don't know. And it's you know you could say the same. For a lot of players in in that Chelsea squad um, who don't play regularly, uh, you know, what is their ambition? Do they want to, you know, all we hear of when players want to force a move away from Chelsea, it's because they want to follow their dreams and play for Real Madrid, um, not not because you know they they demand first team football, which, which I don't know is it's a strange state of affairs to be honest with you yeah i couldn't agree more um moving along uh, i'll stay with you marco for a minute because we've got we've got luton town in the fifth round of the fa cup away away and i mean i i mean I, actually do you know what i'll ask i'll ask you all this but uh, i'll ask marco for marco first what was the first thing that flashed into your mind when you knew that we had luton town away in the fa cup <laughs> Chelsea sing, Chelsea fights, Chelsea set the trainer lights. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and there's a there's a there's a fabulous picture that I've got of me and what what evolved into Gate Seventeen, but this was in the days when we were known as the Honest Gang. I remember that photo. Um, yeah, on a bench, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, in Luton. Um, I don't know. I think it must have been about eighty-five or eighty-six. For an early kickoff, um, we're all sitting there with penny loafers and white socks on. Um, you, you had a Lecoq Sportif uh, shirt, yeah, didn't you? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of like it just brings back all those um, all those memories, and I, I think it's quite amusing um, talking to Kerry Dixon because Kerry Dixon that was his boyhood team. Um, and he he, I think he record, I think it was in the he did the forward for the carefree book that I did with Walter Rotten, and he described you know being chased around um, <laughs> Kenilworth Road <laughs> by, 
by Chelsea supporters. <laughs> it's mildly entertaining. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of one of those fixtures um, that people of a certain vintage sort of recall with um, fond memories. Mm, they do indeed. Uh, Clayton, what was your first? Uh, uh, what was the first thing that popped into your head when we we drew Luton out the out the out the pot? Um, I wasn't at that game that basic where where the train was set alight. <laughs> But I was at, at games either side of those particular venues, uh, that, that particular game. But my abiding memory is, uh, and I can't remember the year, and I actually had a little Twitter exchange with um, Mr. Barker yesterday uh, because he mentioned that it, it was always naughty down there. And basically, I remember there was a pitch invasion or I don't know how many people were on the pitch, but basically somebody came onto the pitch and Mickey Droid picked him up and threw him back in. <laughs> that was that was my recollection. I, I don't know whether it's... Uh, but, but all I remember about there is they had the plastic pitch. We always lost. We were at, We always got tonked by them. And it's a shit ground. I think this is going to be a really, really difficult game. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night. They're seventh in really, the the, the, the uh, championship at the moment as well. Look what really Forrest, look what Forest did to Leicester. Yeah, really tight little game uh, ground, rather. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be really tough. Me too. No, I agree with it. We agree with you entirely. J.K., what flashed into your memory banks or from your memory banks? Nineteen ninety four semi final, and also my dad ringing Eric Morecambe up to see if he could get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Clayton laughed so much, we, we lost you. <laughs> My dad ringing Eric Morecambe up because, in fact, I, I uh, suggested it to him because we were trying to get two tickets for the game. I don't know what year this was. It was we'd been relegated and it was the first game of the season back. And I thought we're going to bounce straight back immediately. And of course, we didn't. And I was so keen to watch them. And uh, I knew that he knew. Uh, Eric Morecambe and I knew that Eric was in the director's box and I said phone him phone him phone him and he went okay I said you've got his number phone him phone him and he he, he knew him you know quite well quite well he, he'd been at various charity things with him and he phoned up and I remember listening into the conversation and hearing uh, hearing my father go oh oh you can't oh you can't get a ticket for us okay oh, okay but you might be able to get us a couple of tickets but not in the director's box oh okay yeah yeah and and short sure, True to his word, he got us a couple of tickets, and um, and and we lost. Yeah. And uh, and I can't remember what year it was. Bloody hell! What I think we lost two one. Um, this must have been bloody hell. Was that home or it was away? away was this it? was away. This was away. This was Eric because this is why he phoned Eric Morecambe because Eric was the because uh, um, you know, the year ever. the year that we went down seventy four where we went down with Carlisle and we went down with Luke. That would have been it then. Must have been seventy four. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, I mean, the first, I mean, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, you know, it's definitely, well, in my mind, it's very much an 80s fixture because, of course, we were both in Division 2 for periods and uh, that always springs to mind. But I, one of you will remember this. Who, there, was a, there was that arsehole who used to be their chairman who was a Tory MP, very Thatcherite Tory MP. It kind of dates it, doesn't it? And did did he not? Did he just ban us, or did he just ban all away fans? I can't remember. I mean, it didn't work. 
you know, obviously being us, look, she can't ban a Chelsea fan, but I know he tried. Do you remember who that, who, who, does anybody remember who that was? David something? No, no, no take. David, David Evans. David Evans, yeah. Was it? Was he? Did he just try and ban us, or did he try and ban everybody? Because I know, you know, Marco's right and Kelvin's right. They, they, they were, they were naughty. Actually, those matches up there, I remember that. I, I mean, every time that I went there, it, it kicked off. Yeah. I was, it was just very unpleasant. I mean, I, anybody who's not been there, it's sort of down. It's like in the middle of the street, isn't yeah, it? It's you, like you, a. But you go, you go out into almost people. You, you go out or, or, almost into people's houses or back gardens, don't you? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Real yeah. traditional old yeah. set up there. It is. Anyway, I agree with Clayton. I think it, it this one certainly needs to be taken very seriously because they'll be well up for it. But, you know, having been non-league not too long ago, they've bounced back. And uh, as I said, they're, they're, they're very in, much in the mix for a, a playoff place in the championship. And I think they're only a couple of places behind Nottingham Forest, who absolutely demolished Leicester yesterday. And if we if we don't go in there with 100% commitment and, and the right attitude, we could get done there. So uh, anyway, that'll think, I think it's around March the 2nd. It's, it's a midweek game. Um, but anyway, good luck to everybody who's going there. Now, I, I've got a quick notice to read out. Otherwise, dear old Mark Meehan will never forgive me. Um, but of course, I'm going to announce, although it's kind of been announced on Twitter, but I'm going to announce on here that the Chelsea Supporters Trust are launching their big Stamford Bridge sleepout. Uh, now, that means that the Trust are organising another big sleep out at Stamford Bridge and the date is set for March the 26th, which, of course, is a, an international break weekend. Um, now, the sleep out will be in aid of our neighbours, Stoll, uh, who do such fantastic work for homeless veterans. Now, to take part in the sleep out, uh, you must be over 18 years old, uh, pledge to raise at least 50 quid in sponsorship and comply with any COVID restrictions that are in place at the time. Uh, and hopefully you'll be joined by a few Chelsea legends on the night. If you're lucky like I was a few years back, you'll have uh, Paul Cannaville waking you up at four in the morning to ask you who was the assistant manager to John Neal. <laughs> yes, thanks, Canners. I've never forgotten that. Um, so there we go. Hopefully there'll be a few ex-players. I know Mark Meehan's got a few lined up. Uh, be interesting to see who turns up. Now, if you can't make it to Stamford Bridge, I don't think I'm. I'm not sure if I can. Uh, and there's another reason for that, which I'll bore you with in a minute. But if you can't make it to Stamford Bridge, and of course, you know, a lot of people who love Chelsea are all over the world. Well, it doesn't mean you you can't. You know, you can be excluded from this. You can you can do it wherever you are. I mean, I just love the idea of people in the states uh, sleeping out, doing a big sleep out in the middle of the day in the desert in Arizona or something. I mean, that'd be hilarious. Or even Australia, when we absolutely daylight out there but you can all do it uh, you can all join in because you can do it virtually by sleeping out in your garden or your garage or the shed not that one uh, so uh, the other thing is yes there'll be lots of entertainment during the evening including yes guess what me folks reading more tales from the shed armed with a fire with my fire pit and some fine whiskey and possibly a cigar uh, which I did last time which uh, for, for some bizarre reason people really liked god knows why uh, and uh, even better than that, we've come up with another idea which involves JK, haven't we? Yeah, I'm going to do fan bites of the era of specific team, uh, specific games that I've enjoyed watching and were uh, epic Chelsea encounters. Yeah, that's brilliant because we all love JK's fan bites, and I just thought it'd be great to have him do a few from the past. JK, can can I can I put in a slight request? Yes, that you could, that as well as picking cherry picking some brilliant ones that you were at. 
uh, and, and that really mean a lot to you. Can you pick a few shit ones that you're at too? Because, you know, you ranting and moaning about Chelsea is, is, is hilarious. And I'd love to, I mean, I don't know if you're at Rotherham away, for example. Were you at Rotherham away? No. That's a shame. Well, we'll, we'll try and think of some absolutely horrendous clusterfucks and disasters for Chelsea. And if you were there, you could do a fan bite on one or two of those too, because that would be hilarious. It would be best if I could dredge up some dreadful memory from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So they, they'll all, they all go out on Twitter. My my readings from the campfire go out on Twitter, and obviously JK's will too. But that'll be fun. I'm sure there'll be loads of other things too. Nick Stroudy does a fine job in uh, putting all this together and, <sighs> you know, making a bit of a collective and a fun evening, whether you're at Stamford Bridge sleeping out or in your garden or in your shed or whatever. Right. Um, to register and to find out how to donate uh, to the cause, you go. To, all you need to do is go to chelseasupporterstrust.com forward slash sleep out. So it has everything there. It's got links that you can go and register for it, links so you can set up a Just Giving page, links so you can donate to a page. It's all there. chelseasupporterstrust.com forward slash sleep out. And of course, a timely reminder that it's a good time to, always a good time to join the Supporters Trust, be a member, costs you five quid a year. Um, and all you have to do is go to uh, go to the website. It's all it's all very easily found on there. Going uh, in terms of joining up, uh, five quid to be a member. Join this up, Chelsea Sports Trust. You'll never regret it. I promise you. Um, and I tell you what, you'll never regret it if you stick around for part three because we'll be talking fannies, uh, and we'll also be reading out some hilarious emails. We'll see you in a second. fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea footballfancast.com welcome back to the chelsea fancast of course i am stanford chidge and uh i'm joined by some very superior beings the first of which is of course mr jonathan Keir. No, I'm I'm a bit inferior I, to you. No, yeah. no, 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 no need to be JK. Don't let anybody tell you that either. Okay, and not even you. No, especially not me. Okay, good stuff. Who we get on as well joining us? Oh, uh, a couple of ne'er do well. Are they inferior too? No, uh, we're not worthy. Okay, neither of them is. No, no, but it's uh, it's it's uh, Clayton and Marco. Clayton and Marco, lovely to see you all as ever. Now it's time for a bit of fannies. Uh, I always have in my head, JK, that whenever I say this on air, the Americans are just wetting themselves laughing, saying, you can't say that on air. You know what that means or whatever, you know. But it, Fanny's is because of its fan cast. That's why. But anyway. Yeah, but they don't because it's, it's, a, it's a bum over there, isn't it? It's a bum. It's bottom, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a over, rear air, a derriere. Over here, it's a front bottom. Well, it is a front bottom. That's, that's, it's a Gareth, really, isn't it, I suppose, if you yeah. think about it like that. But there we go. Let's move on before J&K and I bring the tone down totally. Um, too late, too late. Too late, yeah. yeah. OK, man of the match. Chelsea fan cast. Man of the match. Here is the nominations uh, as done by the wonderful people on Discord. Uh, uh, Kepa As- Arithabalaga. Uh, Hakim Ziyech and uh, Cesar Aspilicueta. Now, because I didn't put any of these on Twitter, I'm sorry. I had a busy weekend and day uh, today, but uh, so it's just going to be me and the boys deciding tonight. So, JK, JK, first, who was your man of the match? And I know you're going to say Alonso, but you can't yeah, because it, 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 he, I'm sorry, I'm not going to vote for these. You're going to abstain. Yeah, because Alonso, Alonso was brilliant. I don't think Aspilicueta. He only played a half. Good. 
Doesn't matter. He didn't play a half. He played. Um, he played. For oh, I suppose. Yeah, but you know what I mean. He didn't play the whole match. Minutes. He played for seventy-five minutes. Sure. Anyway, I'll cut the conversation very short. You are no, allowed. None of them. You are, you not, are allowed. Not, you're I'm allowed. You're allowed to abstain. Was That's... there a sting? Did you play a sting? You didn't play a sting. No. Well, I'll. I'll do it. I'm not going back and re-recording this. No, no, you, you forgot about this thing. I did you didn't forget. say, and now this, which is what you normally do. Uh, I know, but I'll just pr- play it randomly. Okay, yeah. Okay. I've, upset, thing, I've way, upset you, haven't I? That's why no, you were well, so grumpy. That's that's nothing to do I'm with Alonso. I'm generally upset. I'm upset because Alonso wasn't chosen. Yeah. yeah no, you're, you're more upset about yes, the fact that I forgot to introduce the sting. That's what it is. Yeah. I know you, yeah. I know you, JK. Anyway, so we've got Neil Poin from JK. Uh, Kepa, uh, Dave, or Ziesh Clayton? Dave. Dave. Marco? I'm going for Kepa. Okay. Uh, well, I am. I was and, and, and would have done. I would have gone for Dave, actually, because I thought I thought he was the only one who really was at it for the whole game. Uh, I thought he showed some leadership uh, as well. And I loved his Aspilazola goal. So there we go. So we went for, uh, on the majority vote, uh, with JK abstaining, so you could have really ruined that if you'd have wanted to. You could have voted for Kepper and it would have been hilarious and would have been stuffed. But you you chose to abstain. I'm sulking. Yeah, I know. You're doing a Lukaku, mate. Anyway, so we reckon Aspilicueta was the man of the match. Now, a celery moment. Celery. Chelsea fan cut. Celery. <laughs> now, um, there were some... I, I did actually, because, I mean, the, the boys and girls on uh, Discord only came up with two, really. Um, so I did ask around and we got some interesting ones, but I definitely think that Rudiger, um, and this is the other reason why I didn't put it on Twitter actually, because I couldn't think of how to explain this in the 24 or 28 characters or whatever it is they allow you. But I laughed a lot at Rudiger getting really stroppy with one of the Plymouth Argyle subs when they uh, wouldn't give him the ball back. It kind of reminded me a bit of Eden Hazard kicking the ball boy at Swansea. And I thought maybe that, I mean, it was really fun. It was even funnier actually, because he suddenly realised that he might clout this bloke and the referee might see and he kind of kind of scuttled away pretending that it hadn't happened with a very guilty look on his face. Classic Rudiger. So that, that was a moment that made me giggle. Uh, I'm going to let Marco uh, tell tell you all about the next one that absolutely made me hoot with laughter when I saw his tweet. It's about Devon, Marco. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, well, well, I'll tell you what was quite interesting about Saturday. Um, I mean, I got... I thought I was early uh, getting up to Fulham Broadway uh, for 9am, but it was absolutely packed. There were Plymouth fans everywhere. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of like buzzing. So I, I was sort of setting up the, the, the table, um, <laughs> laying, out, laying out the wares, and uh, this, this bunch of lads came, came past and sort of... Like sort of half Tate in the piss, so I I started singing. Does the Mayflower know you're here? Oh, um, clever, clever! Yeah. And I thought that's going to sail right out of the, over their heads, metaphorically. Um, to which they just looked at each other, gave it a bit of that, and started singing Champions of Devon. You'll never sing that, which 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 I thought was uh, pretty touche, really. So. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well, it got a lot of love on what uh, when on WhatsApp when I uh, when I put the shout out. And the third one, uh, J.K. already mentioned it in in part one. And uh, Clayton, well, Clayton's first stab at this was the final whistle. 
which was not a bad shout. But uh, uh, what about Timo's chest control that went 40 yards? That's what exactly what you were talking about earlier in the show, wasn't it, JK? So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick that one. Uh, I'd already picked Marco. So there we go. So Timo's appalling chest control. Marco being shouted at by the, the Plymouth uh, Argyle fans, Champions of Devon, you'll never sing that. And uh, Rudiger... Uh, attacking Plymouth Argyle sub for not giving the ball back. JK, which one of those? Well, the Champions of Devon one was was uh, excellent, but I think actually Marco's um, um, uh, uh, Mayflower line itself should be a separate celery moment. I think it's wonderful, but obviously um, uh, not many people would understand that one or, or, or even heard it. So I'll vote for uh, for Werner's appalling bit of control that I would, mean you, uh, you had to laugh because otherwise you would cry wouldn't you yes yes yeah. it, it would have graced um the under 12s on a concrete pitch with a very very large boy who'd never played football before attempting to emulate one of his his uh, his heroes yeah definitely right I'm, I'm with you on that one clayton uh, I'm going to go for Marcos because it's. I think it's great. I think their fans were good. Um, I, you know, I know it is their quotes cup final, and it all sounds a bit condescending. And you know, I mean, I just found our, our you know, chanter, um, you've had your day out now. Pop home when we scored our second goal was a bit churlish because I thought we really didn't have anything to sing about. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for the. Uh, Champions of Devon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I really like the Rudiger one, which would mean it's a bit of a, uh, you know, it would be, well, I haven't asked Marco yet, so I should shut the fuck up, shouldn't I? Marco, what are you going for? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, well, obviously, I'll, I've got to go for the <laughs> Exactly. Because it did, did really make bring tears to my eyes. It was uh, quite funny. Well, there you go. That lets me off the hook because... The one, the only one I I nominated originally was the Rudiger one, so I can I can vote for that, which still means that the one I really liked and laughed a lot at, which was when I saw your tweet, uh, still wins. So there you go. Honor is served on all sides, and uh, Champions of Devon, you'll never sing that by the very funny Plymouth Argyle fans, wins the celery moment of the week, and the last one, of course, is this. Oh. Oh. It's that Guinness moment. Uh, that's right, the Guinness moment. And, uh, well, that was quite a lot to choose from, really. Um, Kepa's penalty save. I mean, that has to be in there. Uh, Aspie's uh, backheel finish, the Aspili Zola backheel finish. And uh, Mount's flick to Ziesch, who then put the ball across the six-yard area only for the lumbering oaf to not get anywhere near it but the but the but the ball i mean mount's flick was just that was a definition of a guinness moment i i got very moist at that moment uh jk what would you choose um the backheel finish shouldn't be allowed because it's a goal well no no i said backheel finish not goal i know it was a goal but i've got round it by my rule saying we shouldn't choose goals by saying very that. technical this i know is- you know, it's I think allowed. Ends up in a goal shouldn't be allowed. There was discussion it's... on. There was discussion because they were all saying to me on Discord, "Oh, come on, yeah. should you, you? I know it's a goal, but we've got to allow that. We've got." To, and I said, "It's allowed because it's the finish." So, in other words, it would still have been allowed if he hadn't scored, but it's better. Yeah, than... yeah, 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 yeah. 
in which case the goal should surely nullify it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. God, you're um, such a grumpy puss, aren't you? Bloody no, hell. I'm not. I'm not. I'm being pedantic. I'm being really pedantic. Um, uh, uh, Mount Flick was indeed um, moist inducing. It was. Uh, it was. It was. There was a wet, wet moment. Um, but um, uh, for me, Kepper's penalty save was brilliant, and so I will go for that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so it wasn't a goal, but it denied a goal. Just to be a bit pedantic, really. You no, know, we, we the the rule is it's goals being scored. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Clayton, rescue me. Uh, Kepa. Kepa. Okay, two for Kepa. Marco. I'm going with Kepa again. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kepa wins it. No matter what I say, some would say that that's situation normal, really. But uh, I I am going to go for I'm because I'm a cheat. I'm going to go for the Aspilazola moment. Because uh, I thought that's nuts from uh, from Dave. I mean, it wasn't quite a replication of uh, the great little Italians uh, goal because that was a, a backheel volley and a corner go. and a corner. But I love what Dave. was what was funny was even with Asby's offside goal, he backheeled that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame he could have had a hat trick of backheel goals. Uh, right there we go. Um, as you, I mean, look the the Discord the, the Discord group are brilliant at doing these. So massive thanks to them for doing that. Sorry I didn't get them on Twitter this week. I'll do better next week. Um, as uh, what is it? Boris said, "I'll fix it." There you go. I'll fix it for next week. Uh, J.K., it's time for emails. Are we not having Discord questions? No, because there aren't. There weren't any this week. I thought Brian and Andrew. Well, the last time I looked when I wrote the script, there weren't any Discord questions. Oh, sorry. They're the emails. They're the emails. So, everybody threw his script down in disgust. I did. I did not. In I did disgust. Not. I did not. You did. You did. <laughs> I misunderstood. I saw, you know, Discord questions, and I just missed the bit. Said email. Um, uh, here we go. Then J.K. Brian Wolf. No, sorry, sorry. The legend that is Brian Wolf. Sorry, I do apologise. Of Chelsea and Chicago, I'm, I'm so Chicago, sorry. who helped us create the uh, the Kerry Dixon banner and your and, Dave, and banner, my Dave banner, and loads of banners at the, yeah, at the yeah. Stanford Bridge. We need to say that. I'm so sorry. The the, the legend that is Brian. And Wolf. he specifically wanted you to read this because the content's yeah. right up your alley. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, um, Brian Wolf. Um, uh, uh, oh. Um, I'm calling. That was terrible, wasn't it? I'm calling bullshit on the veil pulled over our eyes to refereeing in England by those in charge. Yes, Saturday's performance may seem an unusual display to use as a line in the sand, but the statistics tell a staggering tale. Despite having 72% possession, we were whistled for a total of 15 fouls. Plymouth Argyle, a grand total of four fouls. Let that sink in for a moment. Argyle were penalised on average once every 30 minutes. It's absurd. Can anyone remember an instance of a team absolutely dominating time on the ball in the offensive driving seat and being penalised four times as much as their opponents? Simon Hooper was the ref. Oh, he says so. Let's start with the referee, Simon Hooper, a championship referee who's occasionally moonlighted as a Premier League referee for a grand total of 41 times in the last four years, which explains the absolutely pitiful decisions to, one, not send an Argyle player off for clearly 
pulling Havertz back by his arm as he was through on goal. That's absolutely true. Second, the inexplicable decision to whistle Rudiger for a foul on a corner kick in which he was the victim, absolutely right, of being hugged with both arms by an Argyle player in clear view of the referee. It's because he was biased, Brian. VAR is supposed to act as the failsafe for these instances. Would it shock anyone to know Saturday's VAR official was a man whose name rhymes with bike lean? Lean he certainly is in the brain cells department. I wonder who that could be, everybody. Shall we have a guess? If any example sums up the absolute failure of refereeing in this country, it's the events which occurred at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium just a few weeks ago. A performance that saw Andre Mariner, a PL referee supposedly of the highest quality, give two penalty decisions against us only to have both overturned. Well, few. thank goodness for that. And what happened that day is important because it explains the abys abysmal lack of accountability across the English game. Let's start with the first penalty, a Rudiger challenge on Doherty that was 50-50 in real time. It required a replay and VAR correctly overturned the decision outright. Well done. That's why the system is there. The problem is the second penalty, a clean challenge from Kepa, from Kepa and Mariner misses it in real time. Here comes VAR again to overturn the decision. Oh, wait, they're calling Mr. Mariner over to review it himself. And millions around the world are watching, asking, why is a challenge that is 100% never a penalty, not just overturned the same as the first? Why are they bringing over the referee to make the decision? The, the answer is very simple. The same idiot referees making the wrong decisions on the pitch are the same idiot referees making the decisions at Stockley Park. And this cabal of referees are putting their loyalty to each other ahead of adhering to the rules out of professional solidarity rather than professional integrity. Absolutely agree with that. We all know how the conversation between Stockley Park and Mariner probably went. Andre, we don't think it's a penalty, but it's up to you. We think you should take a look. After all, we've overturned one decision already and you received the dog's abuse from the crowd. Do it a second time. It'll be even worse. We'll leave it up to you then to decide. And just why would VAR officials do that? Because when the situation is reversed, when it's Mariner as the VAR official and the VAR official is the referee on the pitch, in similar circumstances, that now referee would want Mariner <clears throat> to give him the same opportunity out of loyalty to salvage their reputation, to put their authority to be correct over the actual responsibility to be correct, to be seen as the end-all, be-all authority, laws of the game be damned. And credit to Mariner for doing the right thing, despite the abuse he knew he would take for doing the right thing, because the system has shown there can and will be instances where other referees will not act out of integrity and only out of their personal interest and those of their colleagues. They will head into the tunnel at full time, no responsibility to explain their decisions, knowing full well they maintain their farcical decisions for the simple fact they have the power to make them and everyone else be damned. The standard of refereeing in this country is abysmal. The implementation of VAR and the match-altering decisions it controls is at a minimum inept and certainly at the maximum 
corrupt. It cannot continue and it needs to be immediately addressed. The easiest solution is for an independent review panel with no acting PL referees and no relationship with them to act as the VAR officials for all matches moving forward. The NHL and MLB in North America have taken the same path and eliminated all conflicts of interest instantly. Brian Wolf. That's really interesting about the NHL and MLB. At least they've seen that. But I mean, this this is so absolutely obvious that um, uh, I, I'm so surprised that it, it hasn't been pointed out more often. This this aspect of it. I mean, we do we do talk about it regularly on the show. But the but the, the the fact that they don't want to um, to be seen to be um, over, to be incompetent and uh, having their their authority has to be correct is. Uh, is absolutely the right um, the right interpretation by Brian, who's absolutely spot on here. And I think I think one of the to take it a step further, the the, the reason that um, that Mariner gave the first uh, penalty was because the linesman went absolutely berserk. And in actual fact, in this instance, um, he paid great attention to the linesman. Um, but one of the reasons he did that because he was a long way away. And I'll get back to this with Mariner. Mariner wanders around like a sailor, like a mariner. He strolls about and is frequently too far away. And he made the decision, the Kepa decision, I think once again, with the advice from his linesman, he got it wrong because they're just, they weren't good enough. And he was too far away. So what another aspect of this is they're not fit enough and not up with the game enough. Young enough. That's well, that's in yeah, that that aspect of it as well. There's no um, referring to them as being, they're, they're using experience as the be all as opposed to fitness and uh, an understanding of the laws. Um, you, they seem to think somehow that their knowledge of the laws is better than everybody else's. But uh, it, it's so interesting that so many people can observe them making all these errors and, and there is nothing happens. Nothing happens. Mm, well, I think that Brian's point, and I love you, Brian, you know that. But I mean, I think his points is just so well put there. And yeah, at the yeah, moment, it's, it's, yeah. just an arse, it's just an arse protection racket. Yeah. They're just covering each other's asses every game, and there's no accountability and no yeah, and responsibility. Can I just say very quickly, something has been happening recently, I've been observing, which Tierney was an example of, which is the VAR, which is an aspect of this, the decision he makes on the pitch. He just wander, runs back. It's what um, uh, Taylor does a lot. Runs back, makes the decision, says no, and, it, and oh, that's almost a sign for VAR to then pass it by quickly. And this happened with the two handballs yesterday in the cup games um, because they were both handballs with absolutely any shadow of a doubt. The one that the, bounced off the guy uh, and he scored in the, the yeah, Borough game yeah, was obviously yeah. a handball, but uh, he won't have anything to do with it. And Tierney is, is a younger referee, um, but he similarly is too far away from the action. I pointed this out when we first saw him at Chelsea and he can't make the decisions. So he makes a decision and doesn't want it overruled. And they now accepting more on-field decisions than they were before last season. Indeed. Great email, Brian. Thank you. Right. Uh, the next one's from Did Andrew. Did you want to come in then on that? Did you want to come in that, Clayton? Did you? No? Uh, no, I, I mean, it's a brilliant email. Um, I, I've said, I'm sure I've said it on here before, you know, until such time as we have people who have nothing to do with the referees uh, doing VAR, it's, it's a farce. It works everywhere else apart from the Premier yeah. League. Why um, is that? You know, the, the World Cup was, and the Euros, no, not the Euros, the World Cup was fantastic. It was like every decision was taken in seconds. 
and it was it, it just showed that it, it does work but you know we need to get rid of referees i mean when you know the we were down the other end you had a much better view um the the habits thing just looked like a clear sending off i mean it was just it just looked it from you know the the sort of the first reaction which is normally the best reaction and then you hear who who the uh the third or well, the var was dean wasn't it so it was just i mean hooper looked out of his depth from minute one he just looked like a, a really really poor referee i mean that's not excuse for us playing crap but um he was just crap i mean it just we deserve better what, what people are paying at the moment, we deserve better. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Right, uh, next one's from Andrew Eldridge, who says, uh, Hi Dave, following the recent show where you bemoaned that old chestnut of we are the champions being sung if, sorry, when we win the Club World Cup. Like you, I'm sick of such a boring song that is so meaningless to the club. It came to me today that simply the best might work very well and could be adopted as an anthem, so I set about adjusting the lyrics to make them more personal. It might be an idea to get JK to sing it on the show with the original on... Well, I didn't read that bit, Andrew, so you ain't got no background, son. Sorry about that. Uh, with the original on low in the background, or perhaps... The, plus the fact that I would be stuffed on copyright, actually. That's that's my get-out, my, my, my joker there. But anyway, or perhaps the karaoke soundtrack. If you think it's suitable, would it not be an idea to get the club involved in playing it with a lyric sheet placed on every seat in the ground and or printed in the programme. I'm sure you have the contacts within the gang to make that happen. Andrew, I wish I did. Uh, I don't feel, think I probably do. Whatever. We do need something different to set us apart from the rabble and simply the best is exactly what it is. Now, um, Andrew's uh, ad ad adapted, is that the word, JK? The lyrics of the Tina Turner classic... Uh, and have a go. Do you want to have a go? I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, go on then. I call you, I need you, my heart's on fire. I watch you, I see you, you bring me alive. A bit worried about the rhyming of fire and alive. You come to me, come to me. I don't think we get this on the terraces. Wild and wide, you play for me, wild and wide. Oh, you, oh, you come to me, you are my Chelsea. Give me everything I need. Give me all that I need. Give me a lifetime of promises and a world of dreams. Lifetime of trophies. Clayton's gone. Shut is, up. Too long. This just goes on and on. Look, look. Give me a lifetime of promises. Give me the language of love. It can't oh, be wrong. I remember when make we my used... heart make it strong. Yes, simply the best. Simply better than all the rest. Better than anyone, anyone of any team we've ever met. I'm stuck on you, Blues. I hang on, I'm watching every move you make. Pull us apart. Oh, Chelsea, oh. I would rather be dead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I have no words. I have... And, Andrew, for all of your good intentions... I fear we may have killed it. I think, it's, yeah, we I think did it, used to come out to that, didn't we? For a for a we did for a bit, yeah. For a period of time, there was no liquidator. It was. I call you. I, I think. I think it was sort of. It, it, it. I think it was Dennis Wise sort of time. That I think yeah, that's it, what they made it. It was definitely around the time of. We don't need another hero. Yes, yeah. we don't exactly. I read it badly. I sang it badly because that that you 
You come to me, come to wild and wide shall be there. Then it's repeated. Give me a lifetime of trophies in a world of dreams. In a language of football, you know what it means. I can't be wrong. You're in my heart and it's so strong. You're simply the best, better than all the rest, better than anyone, any team we've ever JK, met. JK, is, is this, is, JK, is this your Tina Turner impression? No, no, it's just a raucous, you know, kind of <laughs> deep-throated, possibly hairy. Well, you know what? Yeah. I think you did a sterling effort there with absolutely little preparation. I would say one thing, Andrew. I think if we do win, sorry, when we do win the Club World Cup on Saturday, we should all be singing, we've won it all, we've won it all, we've won it all, we've won it all. Because actually, for the first time that we've ever sung that song, it will be true. There we go. Now, uh, JK, uh, you have... Can I just apologise to... Tina uh... Turner? To uh, Tina and Andy for uh, not quite understanding the lyric because I realised that you put the previous, the original lyric above it and I thought I was supposed to sing it. That's my fault. I didn't make that clear. Oh, shit. It's always my fault. Yeah, no, I could could sing it if he wanted me to do it privately. Yeah. I could be his private dancer. You can phone. You could could do a video uh, or call with him on Discord, I think. Yeah, I think I'll have to. Anyway. Isaac Kaufman. Uh, hello, gents. Let me begin with a heartfelt thank you for providing us Chelsea fans with such glorious entertainment analysis and new perspectives for years. It's been a true joy listening to the 50 years of Chelsea series, documenting seasons before I was born and before I knew what the Premier League even was. As alas, I'm a Yank, which has greatly restricted my number of visits to the bridge to two. While I loved my first in-person visit immensely, it was an almost complete dead rubber. We beat Everton 2-1 in the fat Spanish waiters last match in charge. Torres and my hero Mata got the goals. I remember being impressed by a young Nathan Ake getting a start. I still think he could have been a useful player for us. My second game was, was a 1-1 draw with West Ham in 2018, marred by Morata's complete and utter inability to remain onside to extend our lead. That it was Chicharito scored the equaliser, only rubbed salt in the wound. I have to admit the tube ride back to Shoreditch, where my girlfriend and I were staying, was extremely memorable due to it being filled to bursting with drunken away fans stampeding around the train car. For both, I bought those special club patches packages meant for foreigners like me. While I'm grateful I could afford to shell out for these tickets and the view was spectacular, the atmosphere was relatively subdued. I was dying to be in the heart of the action, chanting and singing, which is why I became a member this year and purchased a ticket to the Lille game in the Matthew Harding Upper Section 8. I foolishly bought my flights too early and missed the chance to stay over for the Liverpool game and Crystal Palace away sold out before opening to my lowly amount of loyalty points. But I can't be greedy. Any advice for my first Champions League match stroke first match from one of the legendary parts of the stadium? What's your take on the Matthew Harding versus the Shed? I'll give a shout in the Discord to see if any listeners are meeting up pre-match. Thanks again for everything. Isaac from NYC. Well, I mean, first of all, it's brilliant that you're coming over for a game, Isaac, and uh, you, you'll enjoy it. The Champions League nights are fun. I'm going to ask Marco first. Uh, I'm afraid JK has to be, he has to recuse himself from this conversation because he sits in the shits. He sits in the, maybe he does shit in them. <laughs> I'm having an absolute Western supermare tonight, aren't I? I am absolutely having a mare. Uh, I'll try that again. JK sits in the posh seats in the East Middle, but Marco, like me, is in the more proletarian areas of the ground. So what uh, what should Isaac look out for? What should he check out on his first uh, Champions League night, Marco? And he's and he says, what's his take on the Matthew Harding versus the Shed? 
ahead? I think um, the best place to watch Champions League games at the bridge are or is um, upper tier of the shed as close to the away fans <laughs> as possible. That is where you will really experience yeah, yeah. the highs and lows of watching Chelsea. I, 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 I think you make a very good point there. I remember before the, you know, the PSG game where uh, Denver Bar, you know, uh, you know, dared to do or whatever, he, he, that kind of, dared to Denver, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, and he scored that, that, that very late goal. I, I'd, I'd been on the piss with Walter in, in the Fimber Arms for like, I'd, got, I'd bunked out of work really early. And just got on it very. I was absolutely shit faced by the time I turned up. And I had a, I had a seat. You know where that that police? I didn't know it was a police box at the time. But that box right at the back of the shed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, I didn't know it was a police box. I just thought it was some random old box. So I was right, kind of almost almost next to it or under it. And I was just absolutely revving everybody up, going mad, banging on this fucking box. And then about you know ten minutes after me doing that, these stewards came up to chuck me out. <laughs> this is a police box you're slamming sir i had no idea i'm really sorry i'll behave don't throw me out don't throw me out so there you go um i mean yeah i know marco's right i mean the, the, the on, a, on a champions league night it's great fun being in the shed particularly if you're next to the away fans but as marco well knows there's only one place to be on a champions league night uh and that is gate 17 but of course sadly we're evicted for many of them so we kind of go on tour but there you go uh clayton uh you're you're a matthew you you we're all three of us uh are matthew harding end aren't we matthew harding upper we are indeed we are indeed i i, I just think i mean it's a, it's great to go to a champions league game isaac you 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 will love it you'll be very excited anyway and the atmosphere will be fantastic um just enjoy. I mean, if you want to see any of us, most of us sort of drink in the cock tavern beforehand. Uh, so just rock up. We'll send send us a, a message on Twitter and tell us where you're going to be. If you want to sort of, you should go to Marco's stall. Yes, definitely. Uh, and you'll definitely bump into people there. So just do it. Uh, you won't. Go on, go on. No, I'll just say that'll enhance the whole experience or, or sort of completely deflate you, one of the two. Yeah, no, you're... <laughs> You've got to, you've got to, you've got to visit Marco. You'll see a, a load of people you'll know of there at the stall, uh, and of course you can always uh, buy a book or three, uh, which would uh, delight Marco. You won't see J.K. though because he'll be he'll be busy at that time eating roast swan. I'm afraid in Aussies, <laughs> it's diced roast swan. Oh, I'm sorry, they've upped their game this year. I see. Yes, I nearly got attacked by a swan the other week on a walk in Winchester. Was it upping? Um, I don't know. I, I basically, there were two of them, and I was walking on a path that was between two kind of tributaries, easy for me to say, of the Itchin, and they decided they wanted to go from one uh, stream to another, and uh, they kind of sauntered across the path just in front of me, and I thought, well, I, I've got right away here, and they, they looked at me like, if you try it some, we're going to bust your arm, mate. They so, can. Yeah, I know they can. They can be vicious, and... Uh, yeah, I think actually that that was their kind of chosen path, their, their route from one bit of water to the next, and I was interfering with that, and they were not happy. So there you go. That's showed me it did. And I was thinking, you do that again, mate, you'll be served up to JK. Anyway, uh, Marco Delavelle. Uh, good evening to everyone on the fan cast tonight, particularly the legends that are Stamford Chidge and the wonderful JK. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. Tweet of him, yeah. 
Right, I've just finished listening to your review of the 99-2000 season and it's a season that I too remember very fondly indeed. We had a great team that year uh, that should have done better in the league, uh, but it was a pleasure to watch them in the Champions League. I remember it fondly because it was my first full season as a Chelsea supporter and Torre Andre Flo was my favourite player and he was having one of his best seasons in a Chelsea shirt, absolutely. Uh, although I could never understand why Luca didn't play him from the start uh, more often. Uh, we had some wonderful matches that season and it's a shame that the atmosphere in the squad at times uh, possibly denied us the opportunity to win another trophy or two. However, for me, the best game of the season personally is our last game against Derby County and this was because it was my first game at Stamford Bridge and I remember being so excited walking up to the ground with my dad just being very excited but hoping that Flo would score uh, and that Chelsea would win. Well, he made me wait until the 90th minute, but it was worth the wait. It was a beautiful near-post flick from a Melchio or Melchior cross, and it completely finished off uh, the day for me. I went to a game for the first time. We won, and my hero at the time scored a brilliant goal. Uh, for me, it was, the mo- it was the moment of the season, and a few years later, I actually met Torre Andre Flo and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank at a meet and greet. And I remember thinking, I'm about to meet the player that I had on the back of my shirt when I was a kid. What the hell do I say to him? Then I remember that glorious goal, and I thanked him for giving me such a wonderful memory of my first game at the bridge. We talked a lot about that season, and when I heard your review, I wanted to share my own memories of that season. Thank you for the fan cast. Keep the blue flag flying high. Uh, and there we go. Uh, oh, oh, yes, he says something else here, JK. He says, by the way, I don't know if you know, uh, but Mark Meehan has a book out called Blue Tomorrow. Does he? Did you, I didn't know that, JK. Did you know oh, that? I didn't know. Did you know that, Clayton? No. no. That's no. a really old Used to me. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, brilliant stuff. Marco, uh, the other Marco, as in Marco Delavelle, that's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that memory. I have to say, I mean, Mark, me and JK had so much fun doing that 99-2000 show. It brought so many good memories back from loads of us. Uh, so there you go. Right, Lee Pemberton, JK. Blue Tomorrow, is it, by Mark I Meehan. think it might be Blue Tomorrow. I think we might have mentioned it about 50 times on that, that show, funnily enough. Did we? I, I can't yeah. Um, Lee Pemberton, hi Chidge, just listened to the latest brilliant episode of the Chelsea Fancast. Heard you talking about Pulisic playing in the USA versus Honduras game here in Minnesota. Yes, the game was played at minus 16, but that was the recorded temperature in Fahrenheit. So in Celsius, it was minus 26. With a feels-like temperature of minus 30 degrees centigrade. I was offered a free ticket the morning of the game. My response was, fuck that, fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that, man. I'll watch it from my armchair. I lived here for eight years now, and the winters get tougher and longer every year. Keep up the great work. Up the Chelsea, Lee. Lee, clearly not, not, uh, he's not uh, a yank. He's he's moved there, I think. So we shouldn't have gone, fuck that, in an American accent. Uh, but, uh, I didn't yes, want to. I didn't want to upset true. Lee. Basically, yes, you're absolutely right. Sorry, Lee. No, yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't know Lee. We didn't. We didn't think. No, we didn't he, think. He, he might have affected an American accent for that. He may have done. You never know. But yeah. uh, mate, that's really cold. That is really cold. Um, anyway, you've got another one. You've got an extra one that came in kind of under the wire. But as it was from Midshipman Foley, uh, all bets are off when it comes to Midshipman Foley. Right. Well, you strap yourselves in, yeah. boys, because this will be a sea adventure. Yes, it is. Yes. Dear Rear Admiral Chidji, as we cruise to the warmer waters of the Arabian Gulf, I have had time to take to my hammock and muse upon recent events. But before I commence, let me rehearse once more a humorous quip related to me by an old boatswain on the first bark in which I ever put to sea. 
As we left the shelter of Devonport, I asked him, was he a local man? I, I am right enough, he replied. Plymouth Sound, I inquired. They are, he asserted, but struggle if you can get to the byline and cut it back. But enough of this tomfoolery and onto the serious matter at hand. It is, sir, the parlous state of our gunnery. I would direct your attention to that most excellent tome, A Treatise on Naval Gunnery by Sir Howard Douglas, first published in 1820 with later revision in 1855, <laughs> in which he muses on the period following our elevation to champions of Europe. He says this, a period of triumphant undisputed dominion ensued during which our seamen, I said seamen, were not in general sufficiently practiced in the exercise of those weapons by which that dominion had been gained. But in the pride of conquest were suffered in many instances to lose much of that proficiency in warlike practice, which had been acquired in a series of arduous service. And later goes on to conclude the danger of resting satisfied with superiority over a system so defective as that of our former opponents has been made sufficiently evident. We became too confident by being feebly opposed and slack in warlike exercise by not being opposed at all. And lastly, in many cases, inexpert for want even of drill practice. And herein consisted the great disadvantage under which, without suspecting it, we entered with too great confidence into a war with a marine much more expert than that of any of our European enemies. This, sir, is the very nub of our problem. While we rarely suffer defeat, we're too often embroiled in inconclusive actions. In these actions, we invariably dominate the enemy, but the shoddy nature of our, of our gunnery too often means we're unable to claim the victory. Back to the analysis of Sir Howard Douglas. The material of, our, material of our Navy is in the finest possible condition. Our ships are greatly improved in every feature of strength and quality. Our ordnance is the best in the world. Every species of store and equipment is perfect. We possess excellent seamen, trained by the operations of our commercial Navy. Our officers, many of them educated as the pub at the public expense, are good navigators, excellent astronomers, and are full of energy, activity, and courage. But all these qualifications do not satisfy the requirements of a good ship of war. To them should be added a competent knowledge of the science and practice of gunnery. And it is in this matter that I sense a troubling undertow for Commander Tuchel. His abilities as a leader and his maritime accomplishments are unquestioned. He has organized a sound defense. His midfield always competes. He's a manager of men, constantly showing an ability to get the best from those who the common run of folk believe are not worthy of the uniform. The improvement of Zayek being the latest. But there appears one glaring area the forwards. There's a king's ransom been spent, but we have nothing but repeated misfiring. There are extenuating circumstances, but can you be in command of over 200 million guineas worth of talent and not get even one of the three to consistently provide the decisive blow? The dominance to encounter after encounter is frittered away through poor firepower. Perhaps Commander Tuchel needs to employ help in the management of his attacking resources. Maybe there needs to be change in the practice of our gunnery. Or is there an inability to develop a sound strategy for the final third? 
the lack of understanding, the poor anticipation and the lack of accuracy are becoming ever more troubling. The solution is surely not buying ever more expensive materiel. It must rest within our current resources. Our beloved commander must be seen to solve this problem, irrespective of whether we believe he's been furnished with mismatched artillery. He is deserving of our unswerving loyalty and support, but history is not on the side of those who cannot deploy expensively assembled resources to consistent effect. I remain as ever yours in the service of the crown, Midshipman Bayou. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's just genius. It's just absolutely genius, isn't it, Marco? Have you have you have you ever been privy to one of Donal's uh, midship reports? Oh, no, I not? think the last time I was on, uh, there was uh, uh, an episode of um, his writing. It's just genius, absolutely genius. Donal, we love you. Uh, what a wonderful note to end the emails on. Uh, right, we're going to skedaddle for a minute or two, and then uh, we're going to be back to give you about 10 minutes on what we think about uh, Chelsea versus Al-Hilal on uh, Wednesday afternoon. See you soon. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge. Him down there is Jonathan Kidd. Him up there... Army hearties. Uh, Him up there is uh, Clayton Beerman, the legend that is Clayton Beerman. And... uh, Hello. Hello. And down there is the wonderful Mr. Marco Worrell. Hello. Lovely, lovely people all. Right. So, um, yeah, I've done a bit of research, as you know, because, of course, I thought we were going to play Al Al uh, uh, Al Jazeera, but apparently not. No, we according to my script, we still are, but don't worry about that. Uh, it is, in fact, Al Hilal. And they beat uh, Al Jazeera 6-1 in the quarterfinal. That's how come they're going to be playing us. Um, now, is Al Hilal a place? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what it means, really, at all. I did know that Al Jazeera are known as the Spider. Is Al Jazeera Arabic for spider? I don't know. No, it's not. It's just called. That's their kind of name. Like we're the blues. Name, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're from Abu Dhabi. They were the home team. That's how they got into the competition, oh, right. as well as winning whatever the you know Middle East and UAE thing is. But these guys, Al Hilal, are from Saudi. I think they are actually from Saudi because there's a team called Al Riyadh or something, who, which are probably from Riyadh. You would have thought. Um, their form's pretty good. They've uh, won their last f- uh, four out of five. They drew one against Al Batin. I mean, as you know, they, they beat Al Jazeera 6-1. Um, so there we go. I mean, what can one say about these guys? Uh, I mean, they are not doing too well in their league. I think they're 13 points uh, behind, you know, off the current leaders. Sorry, 10 points behind the current league leaders, Al Al Itihad. Not Etihad, Itihad. Um, they've been in the World Club Cup before. Uh, they were in uh, the 2019 iteration. And they beat Esperance Sportive de Tunis 1-0 in the quarterfinals. And then they got beaten 3-1 by Flamengo, the Brazilian team in the semifinals. Uh, and then they lost in the playoff uh, for third place to Monterey in a penalty shootout. They're managed by Leonardo Jardim, who we will all know from European football. 
but uh, they've got some they've got some players we know as well. I mean, they all seem a bit long in the tooth. I think this is what happens. I think they it's basically predominantly Saudi nationals, all of whom play for their national side, from what I can tell, and then some important imported foreign talent who look a bit long in the tooth are off for a big paycheck. So you've got Andre Carrillo, who's thirty, he's a midfielder and a current Peru international, and he's an ex Watford player. Gustavo Cuella, who's 29 and a midfielder, who's a current Colombian international and also ex-Flamengo. We've got Matius Pereira, who's 25 and is a midfielder, is Brazilian and is an ex-West Brom player. And Musa Morega, who's 30 uh, and a forward and ex-Porto. He's from uh, Mali, I think. And Odeon Igalo, who we will know, who's 32, is a forward, ex-Watford and ex-Man United. In fact, I think he scored against us for United. I could be wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, Pereira, Morega and Carrillo and Igalo all scored in the 6-1 defeat of Al Jazeera. Um, I was kind of wondering, I've got a series of questions for you very clever people. Um, JK, the first uh, question I wanted to ask was, you know, we're about to go from a miserable, damp, cold country to a very hot country. So I was wondering if the fact that, uh, you know, Al Hilal are Saud- from Saudi, they're going to be much more used to the conditions. Do you think that might have- be an advantage for them? be interesting to know what the temperature was going to be i'd be playing late i would have thought because he couldn't play it in the day it'd just be I, too hot. Thought, I thought it would be advantageous for us wouldn't it i think there'll be a spring in our step rather than going thinking it's going to be raining it's a question of what the condition of the pitch would be like i mm. presume they're they're all well watered aren't they in the very same way and they they've got all the best uh, techniques at uh, grass growing so i think it'll be um it won't be like a you know third division uh, lower division game will it it'll be um It'll be a billiard, a billiard uh, pitch. It'll be a, a snooker pitch. It'll be. Uh, I'd have thought. I don't think there'll be any disadvantage to playing them uh, in a, as long as it's not, you know, thirty degrees, which might be difficult to deal with. I think if it's late at night, it'll be about twenty-three degrees. Well, I don't think so. I think it'll be warmer than that. You reckon? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd like to know. I'd like to. I mean, know. I went out. I went out to Dubai in in uh, april and it was still 30 odd at night and i went out to dubai in september and it was even hotter than that at night i mean okay it's now february so you would expect it to be a little bit colder but i don't think it'd be that much i think it'll be it'll be hot uh clayton uh i can't believe this and i still haven't got my head around it apparently that they're, they're trialing robot refs <laughs> in this in this tournament and they're going to introduce them in the world cup if it works I don't quite know or understand precisely what this means, but what do you? I mean, have you have you heard the fact that they're going to have robot refs? Uh, no, I hadn't. But is is that just? I mean, I only look at your notes. Is it? Is that just sort of assistant referees rather than actual referees? I, I can understand. I, I know that they they've been thinking about it for a long time, and I think it's been trialed at a youth tournament where they don't actually have um, linesmen. I can the, te- the, the I, offside is just basically um, is all virtual now. Yeah, I mean it's virtual assistant refereeing, which is called yeah. VAR in a way. But I've got this. Thank God for Football London because they've got an article up here about it. And this is what they say: technically speaking, there won't be any robots roaming around the pitch. I'm, I have to say, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed in that. I was hoping they would too. be. Um, so don't worry about Mike Dean becoming redundant to the person having to oil the machine or slide uh, or a slide tackle that sees a metallic arm and metallic arm and leg flying. Although the whole point of the new tech is to track limbs. Bear with promise. This isn't a script for the latest 
I think bear with us. This isn't a, uh, the script for a latest Hannibal Lecter reboot. The technology is limb tracking system that will make automatic offside decisions. The technology is quick as hot is as quick as half a second and will operate via special cameras fixed to the roof of the stadiums to create a visual animation that will determine the decision. This means that it will become quicker for referees to make correct decisions. What about ball in and out of play? Well, I think I don't know. I mean, just scrolling down. Um, that's about all they say, really. Uh, this new technology will make accurate decisions and allow that message to get to officials quicker than before. So I, I suspect, if you want to summarise it in English, it's kind of like applying what they already do with ball a goal line technology to other things on the pitch. That's how I would say it. So I, it maybe may mean that, but it's perfect for the ref then, if, for the linesman, if he can then concentrate on things taking place on the pitch and ball in and out of play. He's not worrying. I don't. Th- I don't think there will be linesmen. Well, then how do they know whether the ball's gone out of play? It must have a, a line like... Um, well, the same, the same way they the same, do in tennis. The same, it must be the same. Yeah, it must yeah. be that. So I said by like the way, goal, goal line technology, but applied all over the pitch. By the way, Chid... Can I just say, moving, oh. moving away from the, the robots, um, I find it absolutely scandalous that somebody like Pereira, who, who was a really good... I mean, he didn't he score in the 5-2 against us and, and the 3-all last season? I can't remember. The West Brom may have player. done, may have done actually. I think he might a have done. Really, really good player. And he, they say he's only twenty six. Yeah, and he's still, like, obviously earning a, a very good wage. Money. But what a waste of a player. Well, that's, yeah, my, indeed. J.K. Twenty two degrees. Twenty two degrees. Oh, that's yeah. not too bad. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm relieved to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good news. Good, good. Marco, um, question for you, sir. Um, is the Club World Cup a glorified friendly? Or is it for us lot a must-win competition? Uh, I don't know. I'd sort of. I don't know. It's like the UEFA Super Cup, isn't it? Um, you're sort of in it, and you want to win it. Um, I, I, I don't know. You just worry about players getting injured. The players are knackered anyway. Um, I know. It's, I know people are saying it's a good opportunity for them to bond and all that kind of stuff, but they can do that at Cobham. Um, so I, I just worry about, it's just shoehorning two two more games into an already packed fixture schedule. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, of course I want to win it, but could do without it really. Yeah, that's a very measured answer. I've got to be honest, I, I desperately want to win this. I desperately want to win it. And I'm, I'm about to finish off writing my football london piece after the show which explains all of this but you know like a lot of you boys i grew up in you know in the 70s watching liverpool win everything i mean actually ironically they didn't win the club world cup uh well in those days it was the intercontinental cup where the the, the best team in europe would play the best team in south america and you know challenge for some poncy uh trophy but they didn't win it until they they beat tottenham in the champions league united won it uh after they beat us but they'd all been in it before and, yeah. and and you know, I I I'm, I've become a bit Alex Ferguson like in in my obsession with Chelsea winning trophies. I have that that little uh, table of uh, all of England's trophy winners from 1872 onwards, and we are creeping up that list. We're currently fourth behind the Arsenal, who have 30 to our 25. We won't catch United and Liverpool, who are on 43 and 42 in my lifetime. But I want us to win everything we bloody well can. And the thing is. You know, number one, if we win the Club World Cup, uh, if we beat Al Hilal, 
on on Wednesday and then get to the final and beat presumably Palmeiras. Um, we can genuinely say we've won it all. And considering we had to wait so long before we won our second FA Cup, I mean, for for anybody of any of us to be able to say that fills me with just a big boner, basically. Um, the other reason I desperately want to win this is I think we need to exorcise exorcise the ghost of Rafa Benitez, who balled up the one chance we've had so far to win the Club World Cup uh, in 2012 by being a complete incompetent nincompoop, tactically getting it wrong, and you know getting the selection wrong for the team. And the thing is about this cup, you only get into it if you win the Champions League, if you are the champions of Europe. So for me, I, I really desperately want to win it, JK. Oh, completely. It, it, it's just also it would be intensely embarrassing if we don't win it. I think having taken this time to be away in the uh, in the spotlight, um, and I think people would use it as another example of Chelsea's demise and somehow being a fluky club who won the Champions League in the worst season ever when everybody was uh, was below par and they were just lucky, which is the... Uh, um, uh, the the design at the moment isn't it? It's the uh, it's the way people tend to want to criticise the club. I think it's essential that we win it. Mm-hmm. I think otherwise it'll it'll be seen as a um, uh, as another as a negative, and they'll the, the hatchets will be out for Tuchel. Not that I think the club would respond to that, but I just it, it'll it'll create a, a, a another media shitstorm of how uh, um, we're just not a very good side. I mean, having said that, we've got to raise our game, haven't we? I I actually think that because we were pretty awful against Plymouth, who I suspect will probably be about a level of Al-Hilal, that actually that's probably a good thing because we might have got a bit of rustiness out of the legs and uh, we might up our game. I hope so anyway. It is remarkable, isn't it? We were looking for um, the two weeks off to make us revitalised and we're now talking about rustiness and them being a bit tired. Yeah, but that happens, you know. I mean, there's a, I mean, you know, you talk to the old players who played lots and lots and lots of games. Um, a lot of them preferred it because it would, they, would, they would train, they would do very little training. they just go game. Game to would, game. Yeah, game. you know, and they loved it. They got into a rhythm. So I can understand that when you have a couple of weeks off, you might lose a bit of that. So maybe we were a bit harsh earlier on. Clayton, um, are, you, are you desperate to win this or are you a bit, well, whatever? Uh, yeah, but I'm a bit like you. I, I just basically, you know, I, t- I take it wherever I can get it. I get very excited when the when the you know the women's team win. I won the FA Cup the other week. I, I thought that was fantastic. So yeah, no, I've just I want to win every single game we play. I don't, you know, I don't care if it's a Mickey Mouse trophy. It wasn't a Mickey Mouse trophy when the the sort of the red team came back last year with it plastered all over their arms that they were the champions of the world. So, yeah, should be us. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, the other thing is, is that if we do win it, you know, there's only Liverpool, Man United and us lot who, who, as English teams that have won it. I mean, for me, it's massive that we win this. I just can't understand yeah. why people are all a bit near I about mean, it. must admit, I mean, it'd be quite entertaining playing Tottenham and singing Champions of the World. You'll never <laughs> sing that. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, and I and I have to say, you know, I mean, I I wasn't fortunate enough to go to Japan in 2012. Did you you went, Marco? Didn't you? I think. No. Okay, I don't think it's a much. Jk. So none of us made it out of there, right? None of us are making it this time. But I know a lot of mates who did fork out a huge amount of money uh, to go out to Tokyo, only to see Benitez balls it up in typical Benitez style by being too negative. I mean, there's about 1,500 Chelsea on their way out there or out there already. You know, they want to bloody win it. 
you know. So, you know, it's serious, man. We've got to do our best. Don't let us down, Chelsea, for God's sake. Uh, um, very quickly, JK, I kind of um, really, I have no idea who he's going to bloody pick. So I've kind of gone for, I've gone for, you know, pretty much what he what he chose on Saturday. Uh, obviously, Silver comes in for, for Saar, basically. But I've gone 4-3-2-1-4-3-3, which is kind of what he's been playing a little bit recently. Um, but Rudiger Silva, Christian Nasperlicueta, obviously Kepper in back the back. Uh, Mount, Jorginho, Kovacic in, in the midfield. Because I think I think that, uh, although I, I would have Mount on the right, I got that wrong. Kovacic is on the left. But I think Mount likes that freer role. Uh, and, we, and I think that's beginning to work quite well. Ziyech on the right, Hudson on the left, Lukaku up front. Because, as much as I can't stand the fact that he'll pick Lukaku, because I think he's useless... Um, I can see why he's doing it. I think he's desperately trying to... It's a bit like Kepper. You know, why were they playing Kepper? Why were they playing Kepper? He's shit. Well, I think he's doing the same with Lukaku. He's trying to play him back into form. You know, maybe a striker like him, he just needs a goal coming in off his arse and it'll all start to hum again for him. Maybe that's what I he's do, doing. We, we thought that after he'd scored against Chesterfield and nothing happened. No, that. I know, I know. But I, I can understand why they might be doing it. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I can understand why they are. Are we sure that he'll play four? I mean, he might. We don't know how they play this uh, Al Hilal. Five might work better, in which case he might play safe Sar. Who knows? Uh, left and um, and less in midfield. And Zayek was playing further back with um, Adoy actually playing on the right uh, in an earlier incarnation, just so that he could try and get more balls across to Lukaku. Um, but. Uh, uh, I think it's just a, a toss-up to who's going to play. I've no idea. It is. How do you see it going? Uh, I think we'll win, um, but uh, it, it, I don't think it'll be as easy as no. I think it may be two-one or something. Mm. I mean, there, the, I mean, I'd agree with that. I don't think it's going to be plain sailing, Clayton. Yeah, no, I think we'll win. I don't think it's going to be very easy. And I think when we play in the final, uh, that'll be quite difficult as well because. Uh, I would imagine they'll be the masters of the dark arts, our South American cousins. Yeah, and the referees won't be up to much, I suspect, because they, they'd be like getting a usual kind of poor World Cup referee from South Korea or something. No, or, or like a Premier League referee. Well, actually, do you know what? I mean, that's it. You're, you're, do you know what? That's a very good point. Here am I bitching about foreign referees when nearly all of them are much better than the idiots we've got here. So fair point well made, Clayton. I, I agree with uh, Clayton there, Marco. I think we'll 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 win on Wednesday, but I'm a bit worried about Palmeiras because Brazilian teams are usually pretty good, full of dark arts, and they desperately want to win this competition. It's a real badge of honour for them. Thirty thousand Corinthians fans went over to Tokyo, didn't they, last mm. time? So they take it very seriously, and they're not they're usually not bad. Lukaku to score the winner on Wednesday or on on Saturday. Both, <laughs> <laughs> and why not? Do you, do you know? Do you know the last South American team to win it? Yeah, Corinthians. Yeah, we let the, we let the whole of Europe down. Correct. I pin I pin that squarely on Benitez. He absolutely. Oh, I, I, I pin anything I possibly yeah. could on Benitez. No, but I'm not. I'm not just doing it for the sake of it. He he got it absolutely wrong tactically, and he didn't play JT. Don't you remember? He never played JT. No, he yeah, was... no, he'd, he'd fallen out with yeah. JT. Then and thought Absolute he wanker. Thought he couldn't, couldn't last 90 minutes, two games in a row. Do you remember that? Yeah. He actually yeah. made that statement. Fat, and egotistical then, wanker. 
and then he played every single minute of the following season when we yes. won the title. Yeah, yes. exactly. I know. Well, thankfully, we don't have... I mean, the other thing, very quickly, um, Tuchel hasn't gone out there yet, and I think not having him out there could be bad news, I have to say. So hopefully he, he makes a quick recovery and he gets out there. What do you think? I don't know how he can get out there if he, if it was the yeah. Saturday. It'll be and they're doing ten days. Are they doing ten days or a week? No, well or? they're doing they're doing five. But they, I mean, over okay. here now they're doing. Uh, you can do what you want as, as long as you test negative. So yes. You're not even having to self isolate anymore. But I don't know what the rules are out in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if we don't have Tuchel out there, that is a big problem for us. I'm telling you now because you know he makes a difference on that touchline tactically and just kicking them up the arse when they need it so fingers crossed he gets out there uh anyway we're all we're all saying we should win uh let's hope we do um now all the boys are starting to yawn now because it's getting beyond our bedtime so it's time for us to go andy and teddy goodbye as we used to say on this show occasionally in the more surreal moments uh but that is all we've got time for this week jk and i will be back with you on friday night fingers crossed to preview Chelsea's Club World Cup final if we beat Al Halal. Now, if Chelsea don't make it, I think we'll probably be, be, all be in the pub sulking rather than doing the show, which would be a shame uh, as we've got Dane Whittle and Liam Toomey lined up to join, to join us. That's, that's the magic roundabout. What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> Weirdos. Right, where was I? Yeah, we've got Dane Whittle and Liam Toomey lined up to join us. Uh, so, Chelsea, don't let us down. No. Now, if Chelsea does in fact play in said World Club final, World Club World Club World Cup final, then J.K. Dan Silver and me will be reviewing it all. Uh, schedule change, J.K. Right on Sunday evening, if possible, because yeah, Sunday, not Monday night, because I've suddenly realised that it's Valentine's Day on Monday, and I'm feeling lucky. Oh wow! Good for you. You've got you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you'll have to consult I'm your diary. Getting another beer. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. It eases the pain. Um, so yeah, I might have to do it on Sunday, and I'll have to speak to you and Dan about that. But that would be ideal. If not, well, there we go. Uh, um, so there we go. Uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully on Sunday evening to report back on hopefully Chelsea winning the hopefully the Club Cup World Cup. You get the gist. Anyway, uh, this this year program and Dean's went to Mo King's Meadow are available as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to join our Patreon, we'll love you. We'll absolutely love you to bits. We'll love you so much you'll be sick of it. Uh, but it does help. It helps to cover the cost of said show. Uh, easy to join. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. No pressure. Little or as much as you want. And you don't have to. I Really, you don't. It's up to you. Uh, but if you do, you can join our Discord group, which is great fun. And you get a Kerry Dixon mini banner sent to you in the post. Uh, so there we go. Thanks for all your emails. You can send them to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. And of course, you can follow us. In fact, actually, we're all over social media at ChelseaFanCast. I'm at Stanford Chidge on Twitter. Jonathan is at Jonathan Kidd. Marco is Gate17 Marco. And Clayton is at Goalie59. Um, there we go. Boys, been brilliant. Clayton, uh, abs- I mean, it's so lovely to see you. I can't wait to see you properly and have a beer with you, mate. No, absolutely. Loved it. Absolutely brilliant to see you all. And I will see you soon. I very much hope so, mate. And Marco, I've been missing you terribly, mate. And uh, I can't wait to, wait to see you and have a, have a giggle at the stall at a bloody game sometime soon. And you, mate. Yeah. yeah. You take care. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Good work tonight. And uh, 
Last but no means least. Sorry, sorry for simply the best. I'm sorry. I've what, let, what, 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 do you, what are you worried sorry for? I've let you down. I could have no, made you that, haven't. You, you made know, me uh, laugh more. Hit, you yeah. made me laugh more than when I completely corpsed and got it fucked up, but we had, um, which won't be in the show because I'm going to cut it out. But So I thought it was... We were all laughing. We thought it was hilarious. It was brilliant. What, that bit when you said we were all inferior to you. I can still cut that out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So you've got nothing to worry about. You've been nothing short of exceptional as always, mate, tonight. And you, no, you've had no, us in stitches. The re- I'll tell you what, actually. The reading of uh, the uh, the midshipman Do- uh, Foley email, I remember I did it one week. I'm ne- It's a bit like the fucking fan bite. I am never doing it again. Because you are just so good at that kind of stuff. I cannot, I mean, I'm not bad, but I cannot do it anywhere near as good as you. Can, can I read a couple of things out for the, um, for the sleep out? What, now? No, 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 for you can record them. Well, why, maybe we should share the duties, yeah. Why not? You're better than me. I mean, I'm going to have to up my game, clearly, but uh, I, you, I did drink half a bottle no, of whiskey that, doing no, it. That wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be fair. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm stepping on your toes. Nah, don't worry about it. Right, mate, good to see you as always. Uh, see you Friday, hopefully, and see you Sunday, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Up the chels. Do it for us, boys. Cheers, right. guys. Thanks for listening. See you on Bye. Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chels. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.